don't frown your face or get mad because as long as you're living under their roof, you better mind your mouth or get dashed hoop. It's the simple things that they ask of you, like mow the lawn and take the trash out too, but it always never seems to get done, so take out the papers in the trash. Oh, you don't get no sitting in trash. You better watch that kitchen flow. Oh, you ain't rock and rolling no more. Yeah, get in that. Don't touch that phone when it rains. You're under restriction to your rumors clean. They'll take away your spending gas. You better have it clean, quick and fast. Dust the furniture, have the floor waxed. It gotta be spotted from front to back. You might as well get off your butt and... Just finish cleaning up your room. Let's see that stuff fly with that fruit. Get all that garbage out of sight. Oh, you don't go out Friday night. Look at that. Don't go back. Roll your eyes at me, boy. This house is dirty. It's a total mess. No need to be rude, so don't get dressed. There's a lot of things that have to be done. If you don't, then you have no fun. Now pack the basket with the dirty clothes and go to the laundromat. Before it closes, there's no need to pout or frown around. So you just put on your coat and hat and walk yourself to the laundromat. And when you finish doing that, bring in the dog and put out the cat. Don't go back. try that again from the soundtrack of twins this is yakety yak the version by two live crew if you didn't see twins you should see it it's not the greatest movie in the world but it's amusing starring arnold schwarzenegger and danny devito as fraternal twins i'm not even kidding from the late 80s anyway uh, that was by request this was not my choice this song but it was by request from bad guy 23 and after he came on our show last week and told his heart-wrenching story of the suicide of his girlfriend, I thought he deserved to be able to make a request for the opening song on this show. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. I know this is supposed to be the week that Brandon returned, but he didn't come back this week. He was going to, but he could not. He had a personal emergency, and he told me this afternoon that he would not be able to make it. I know many of you are disappointed. I am disappointed. He said he will try to make it next week. Some of you are probably saying, give up already. Just get a different host and rename the show. And I might do that, but not yet. I'm going to give Brandon one more chance to come back next week 
If he's back next week, April 30th, then it will remain the Druff and Drexel show. Otherwise, it will become Druff and Friends or Druff and whoever I end up selecting as the new co-host. And uh, if Brandon wants to come back after that, he's welcome to. He won't be banned from the show or anything. Be happy to have him back at any time. But uh, at some point, we obviously have to rename the show if Brandon is not planning to return. But he actually did plan to return. This has really been in his plans to come back today. It just did not happen. And uh, I don't know what else to say. I don't even have that many details on it other than that he's going through a lot right now and this was not the right day for him to make his triumphant return. So, good luck to Brandon on whatever he is going through. And I mean that sincerely. I'm not saying this sarcastically. And I really hope to have him back on this show. Everybody loves having Brandon on this show. Everybody loves what he brings to the table here. And the show's not the same without him. So, I've been trying to hold it together and piecing together various co-hosts, who have done a good job, by the way. I've been very happy with the contributions we've had from our co-hosts. But we do need Brandon back, and I'll be happy if he does return next week, and I'm really hoping for that. Let me take a call right away here. I think I know who this is. Is is this Fowles? This is. I just heard your announcement that Brandon wasn't back as planned, and I have a little free time. So I thought if you were looking for a co-host for at least part of the show, I'd be happy to oblige. Yeah, I am. Now, uh, would you like to do it on the phone here, or would you like me to call you on Skype? Um, Let me get into Skype. That sounds like a better idea. Okay. Did you turn down the radio? Uh, I kind of heard an echo in the back. Yeah, I I just logged it off. I'm sorry. And and I'll log into Skype. So I'll hang up here, and I'll see you in a minute. Okay, Okay, very good. So, uh, as usual, we're producing this show as... We are doing it. That's the way we work on Poker Fraud Alert Radio. Most shows get produced beforehand, and we have a week to produce it every time. But all the production goes on during the hours the show actually takes place. So this is an example where I thought I was going to have no co-host tonight, and we have a volunteer from Vowels, so she's going out to Skype, and we will have at least part of the show, Vowels as a co-host. Very happy to have that. Missed her during the time that she was away. And people are asking, what about Karina Jett? And she did volunteer to be a co-host, or at least occasional co-host, and I, I will be taking her up on that probably sometime soon, see if she's still interested. I got a text message from her one time saying, hey, if you'd like to, if you'd like me as a co-host, I'd be glad to do it. Anyway, let me tell you guys what's going on tonight. We have a free roll, of course. Uh, last I checked... The free roll was almost $50. It's a weird free roll this week. The free roll, it starts at 7.40 as usual, Pacific Time. The prize pool is a very strange $48.62. That's what we got donated. That's what I'm going to put out there. I'm not going to chop off the $0.62 that was donated. I'm going to give it away to the penny. It came from a lot of different people. And this is, I appreciate how the community comes together when we don't have free roll money, they all kick in a little bit and we have almost a $50 free roll. So we have $1.50 from Shiz Money. Hotshot74 gave 7 bucks. Daredevil gave 10 bucks. The Pino, trying to empty out his PayPal account, gave $10.12. China Maniac gave $10, and it's kind of a strange $10. I'll describe that after I finish this list. 
Dirty Ernie gave $5, and Edward Teach gave $5. So thank you to everybody here. Now, what about China Maniacs $10? I've always said that whoever donates to this show has the right to say how that money's used. If they want to exclude certain people from winning it, they can. If they want to say what place gets the money, they can. Because it's your money, I'm not going to tell you how it gets spent. Well, China Maniac had an odd request, but I am honoring it, that he wants the fourth to last place person to get $10. Not fourth, but fourth to last. So like if there's 20 entrants, it would be the 17th. So make sure when you're calculating this, you don't make the mistake by saying, okay, 20 entrants, it's 16th place. No, that would be fifth to last. You go 20, 19, 18, 17. That's fourth to last. Uh Uh-oh, we're getting a call from vowels on her phone. I guess Skype isn't working out. Is that true? It is true. I, you know, and I apologize. I cannot find my headset. And okay. so in the absence of that, we're stuck with the iPhone. Okay. We'll use the iPhone. iPhone radio, everyone. So uh, as I was saying, fourth to last place is getting 10 bucks. So basically take whatever number of entrants there are, and you'll see that at exactly 740 when the registration closes. And subtract three from that number, and that's the place you're looking for. 50 entrants, you're looking for 47th place. Etc. Etc. That person will get ten bucks. So if I were you, I would start shipping it in right then, because that's the best value play rather than playing for first. And if you if you win the hand, then you have a better chance to finish first. That's my strategy advice to everybody who's playing this tournament. It's going to be chaos when it gets to the fourth to the last spot here. Anyway, from there we go. Five dollars for third place. Thirteen dollars and sixty-two cents. Yes, thirteen dollars and sixty-two cents for second. And an even 20 for first. That's our free roll this week for uh, $48.62 prize pool. Anyway, um, that starts at 7.40. No late registration, no limit hold'em. It's on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. What was that, Vels? I'm apologizing because my dogs are uh, barking, and I'm afraid that it's interrupting probably one of your equipment about them. Okay, and uh, by the way, I got a message from John Stamos asking if I could reset his password on the poker room. Unfortunately, I can't because I'm doing this show, so um, I, I don't want to delay the show while I reset one person's password. But if, if you PM me, I'll do it next week, or by next week. Anyway, uh, you can also create a new account temporarily if you want to play the free roll with that. So uh, you have to be registered on the site by January 1st, 2013, if you want to qualify for the free money. If you were not registered by January 1st, 2013, then you need to PM me or email me for a one-time permission. And once you get the permission, it's good forever. You don't have to keep doing it every week. But email me or PM me asking me for permission to win the money only if you're registered after January 1st and if you've been around listening to the show or reading the forum. If you're new here, don't do it because I probably won't give you permission. The email address is... How many, how many folks do you have that registered after January 1st? I'm just curious. I don't know. There's a number of them. We get a number of registrations every day. But uh, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, exactly as it sounds, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com is the email address, or you can PM me, Dan space Druff, on the site. Either way, you can get to me, and I will make a decision. You have to do it, though, before you win any prizes. If you win and PM me afterwards, it's too late. So that starts 7.40. You forfeit the money. Right. Ten minutes from now is when it starts. Make sure to get in on time. No Limit Hold'em, the No Fraud Online Poker Room, a totally free tournament. 
doesn't even cost you any play chips. It's as free as you can get. And good luck to whoever chooses to play tonight. Let me give you a rundown of tonight's agenda. Uh, I think the biggest story this week, at least from a gossip standpoint, is that stiff sentences were handed down this week. Stiff jail sentences were handed down for the guys who exposed a certain other stiff object, Joe, C- Joe Seabock's penis. Remember that? <laughs> remember when Joe Seabock... I do remember that story, yeah. Remember you saw his penis and uh, he was sending it to some girl in the UK and writing uh, dirty letters to her and someone hacked his account and exposed it? The people involved are going to go to prison for a while. A surprisingly long time. I'm going to discuss that. Poker players, speaking of uh, penises being exposed... There's a new there's a new a new user friendly porn site. And when I say user friendly site, I'm sure everybody here who's gone to visit porn sites on the web, especially free ones, have found they are the worst sites to navigate. There's pop-ups everywhere. Uh often what you're clicking on isn't what you really think you're clicking on. Sometimes you get infected by viruses or spyware. Uh other times It's not as bad by the way if you visit them on your iPad instead of your laptop. Oh, pro tip. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, there are so many different porn sites with all kinds of pop-ups and ads and so hard to navigate. Well, there's a new, clean, user-friendly porn site. And the reason I'm mentioning it on this show is not because the audience is filled with perverts, which it is. But that's not the reason I'm mentioning it. I'm mentioning it because it's funded by poker players. We'll talk about that. Quad Jacks. Seems like we talk about them a good deal on this show. Uh Zach the Snake in the Grass has left, and former partner Marco has taken the reins. We'll discuss what happened there. I have agreed to wear a patch at the 2013 World Series, and I agreed to wear it for free. I'm not a sponsored player. Really? Yeah, I'm wearing a patch. I'll give you a hint. It's not the PPA patch, but it is a patch I'm volunteering to wear for a good cause. I'll tell you what that is and why oh, I chose to nice. or why okay. I chose to wear it. Uh WSEX. No, I'm not talking about porn again. I'm talking about the gambling site, the World Sports Exchange, WSEX. They are going down. They're gone. Uh, They admit that they're broke, and they're not paying anyone. Or they're probably not paying anyone, they say. But they're not paying anyone, let's face it. It's not going to happen. But more interestingly, and this has just come out today, the founder of WSEX is especially not going to be paying anyone because he's six feet under. He's dead. He killed himself over the weekend. I, I don't know if he, I don't know if it's a real suicide or a murder that uh, is being framed as a suicide, but whatever. The guy killed himself in Antigua on Saturday. We'll talk all about that. It's an interesting story coming out of Antigua. Uh, Lock Poker. I seem to mention them every week as they're always doing something shady. Uh, they've announced they're going to be hosting their own tournaments in the newest version of segregation that they keep doing on that site in order to avoid owing any skins any money and just uh, being able to slow pay their own players rather than all the skins who can make more of a noise about it. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, Speaking of lock poker, you know, Michael Mizraki, the grinder, has come under a lot of fire for promoting lock poker despite all their problems and shadiness. Well, there's another shady poker site that's actually gone now. That has to do with Grinder, but not the Grinder. It has nothing to do with Michael Mizraki, so I don't want him blamed for this. But it's a site called Grinders, G R R R I N D R S. Now it's gone now, 
but they cheated their players out of thousands of dollars. And I believe the owner lives in the United States. I believe he lives in uh, Gardnerville, Nevada, according to one of the users on our site. I will talk about what happened on Grinders, and I will link it to the next story about Infinity Poker, where one of the people involved with Grinders is now involved with Infinity Poker, which is touting itself as a hot new investment opportunity, guaranteeing a 273% return on investment. I mean, who doesn't want that? Imagine <laughs> imagine you, you invest in something, and instead of it being a risk, you are guaranteed in 36 months to make a 273% return on investment. That's pretty damn good. That's Infinity Poker. I'm going to talk about this uh, amazing investment opportunity later in the show and how it re- <laughs> if it sounds too good to be true, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And how it relates to grinders. So, uh, And, you know, we'll take phone calls, do whatever else, talk about whatever happens to come up. You know, on this show, the agenda is not always what defines everything we do. Some of the best shows have been ones that... Uh, Material pops up that has nothing to do with the agenda, so we'll see what happens. Like last week, we had well, bad and guy. Speaking of on. material that is completely off uh, the agenda, it's been suggested by a regular poster that you should have the person who donates the most to the free roll get to choose the song every week, uh, the opening song for the radio show. Hmm. You know. Now, you're saying the person from each week or overall? So, highest pre-roll donator each week. Um, and this is just um, something that was PM'd to me privately, but I think it was kind of a good idea. Um, you, you could at least let them have the choice of song, and you could still play your song, too. You could play two. Well, I don't want to overdo it with songs, but that's not a bad idea. And, uh, you know, I think part of the reason I... I'm usually hesitant to let others choose the song. I, I have to tell you a little story about Ken Scaler so you can all understand this. Um, <laughs> Ken Scaler, if you've seen his hair, it's it's like wild and it, it, it's matted and it's knotted and it's dirty looking and greasy looking. And like people ask Ken, why don't you cut your hair? Why don't you do something with your hair? I mean, like it's it's like he intentionally makes his hair look bad and he's like the last guy who should ever have long hair. Just the way it is, how it's it's curly and it's kind of it gets it's a complete mess when he tries to grow it long. So people ask Ken. Everyone says your hair looks better shorter. Why don't you cut it? Well, there's a reason. Uh, Ken's dad, who who really loved him, his dad passed away in 1997. He was uh, an older father, much like me. Uh, but Ken's dad was, uh, despite really loving Ken, uh, was very controlling because uh, he felt that if he wasn't controlling, that Ken would uh, get out of hand, which he did. So his dad really tried to be as controlling as possible. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but he was he was very controlling with certain aspects of Ken's life. I didn't completely blame him because of what Ken does when he's not uh, under anyone's supervision. Yeah, he might, there might be a reason for that. But uh, but Ken's dad, one of the things he he made a big deal over was Ken's hair. He always made Ken cut his hair, even when Ken was an adult. Uh, he would tell Ken he's not going to support him unless he keeps his hair short. So when Ken's dad died. As a weird way of re- re- yeah, as re- rebelling against his dad right. in death, he just stopped cutting his hair, and he barely ever cuts his hair until uh, it really, really, really gets terrible, and he really has no other choice. So, what does this have to do with a song at the beginning of the show? Well, for years, I was living under an oppressive regime of, of an oppressive musical regime, 
where I was not allowed to choose the song on a radio show that I was very much part of. And while I was given other creative... And it was almost always like hardcore rap or something. Right, right. It was music I hated. And while I was given other creative freedom on the show, the one area I had zero freedom was the music. And, And, like, we didn't get to split music. I was just forced to endure that music because I wasn't the one running the show. And in the rare case I ran the show, I chose my music, but... uh uh, basically the rule was whoever runs it chooses it. And as you guys know, I, I barely was the one running it. So once I had a show that I was running and I was in control of on Poker Fraud Alert, I said, you know what? Just like Ken with his hair, I'm going to keep playing whatever music I want. I don't care what anyone thinks. So, well, that, it, Would it hurt to let go of that just to give a little reward to the folks who are donating? Well, I let go of it today. By the way, get in the free roll now if you're not there yet. Two minutes. Uh but uh, I actually took a request from Bad Guy 23 today to play that Yakety Yak song. Uh, I, th- I felt he deserved it after both his story last week that he told on the radio and after all the entertainment he's provided this show. Not everybody loves Bad Guy, yeah. and a lot of people are uh, uh, critical of, of some of his life choices and, and his moral fiber, but uh, he is entertaining, and he does bring <laughs> he, a lot of... Interesting content to this show, regardless of what you think of him. So, I I did let him choose the song, and so you know I, I do have to show some appreciation for the people who donate. So maybe I will do this. Maybe I will let whoever donates the most money, and if it's a tie, then I will just flip a coin or something, and tell that person That's they can choose. Good. And if they don't choose, then I'll choose for them. So okay. Uh, so, someone saying in the, seriously serious said in the chat, you know, regarding the uh, discussion of Ken's hair, that we must be going for that Creole demographic. <laughs> you know, perhaps a little uh, shampooing might do it well. I don't. Yeah, you know, I, one time for Ken's birthday, I actually gave him soap and shampoo. I was trying to send him a message. <laughs> That's always a bad message when somebody gives you cleaning products for your. Well, he he really told me that he didn't have any. He's like he's like you know I, I I don't have any soap, I don't have any shampoo, I don't have a car, I can't go out to the store and get it. So I said, all right, and I gave it to him. But uh, anyway, uh, let's get away from Ken for the moment. I hope he calls me. I haven't spoken to him since uh, after the first Coachella weekend. But he went to the second Coachella weekend, and he went with a girl. And I really want to hear from him what happened. He probably won't tell us on the air, but I I really want to hear what happened with him and that girl that he went to Coachella with over the weekend. So, uh, Is this another large girl or a uh, eh, she's, thin girl? She's on the larger side, but she's not huge. She's she's not thin, but she's like above average weight, but not really big. And uh, uh, she, she's an Armenian girl. She has a lot of tattoos. She's got like a very alternative look, but uh, whatever. They, you, think? you know, she, she and Ken have uh, they, they've they've been close before. Let's just say that. So. Uh, I don't. I don't believe they've I'm had sex, though. There. I don't believe there's been any sexual intercourse, or at least if there has been, I haven't been told about it. So I'm interested to hear what happened then. But let's uh, let's get to the topics here of uh, this show. I guess the first thing I'm going to talk about is one of the newest stories, and that is of the fact that uh, a few people, including at least one poker player, has been sentenced to some substantial time in jail. Yep. Remember Joe Seabach? Joe Seabach, the guy who once had a great reputation in poker. A fun guy, always uh, 
making weird prop bets with Gavin Smith. Personable dude. Everybody liked Joe C. Bach, and it helped that he got instant credibility from being Barry Greenstein's stepson. But Joe Seabach threw that all away by choosing to represent UB after the scandal. And not just represent them, but actually come out there as their mouthpiece to announce that uh, it's a different group of people owning it, that he's going to get to the bottom of the hand histories. He's going to make sure there's nothing shady going on there. And if he fails to do all that, that he will walk away. And of course, when he didn't walk away, that got everyone really angry. So... This really destroyed his reputation instantly. And this was the beginning of Joe Seabach's downfall. Now, Joe Seabach was never a great poker player. He, uh, he didn't inherit any poker skill from Barry Greenstein because he's not related to Barry Greenstein. He's Barry Greenstein's stepson. Some people think he's Barry's son. He's not. Um, Barry's, or Joe's mom married Barry after Joe was born. But anyway, uh, with Joe unable to continue supporting his expensive lifestyle because he lived in an expensive place on Hermosa Beach and he liked to party and he liked to live the, the high life and he liked to play tournaments. And, you know, Joe could not continue that lifestyle without another form of income since he wasn't winning in poker. So he joined the staff of UB. Not just joined the staff, but as I said, became their mouthpiece. And boy, everyone got really, really pissed at him, including me. And he but, I mean, how many people can say they wouldn't do the same? You know, it, 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 it's easy money. It, well, that was the thing. I think he believed it was easy money and that other people have done it, like even Phil Helmuth was doing it, and he didn't have a worse reputation for it, at least not that much. People still loved Phil. So Joe figured, out ah, I can do it too. Well, the problem was that Joe put him in the, himself in the spot where he was kind of the go-to guy for all the problems there, and everyone was so pissed off because they knew they were being lied to. And they knew that it was still the old ownership there, pretending to be new owners. They, they knew that they were covering up the hand histories. They knew that they hadn't really refunded everybody the money that they had really been cheated. And they knew that Joe was lying for them, either knowingly or he was dumb enough not to ask questions, even when everyone's handing Joe the questions on a silver platter to ask. So he put himself in a bad spot because unlike just a, a regular pro, like let's take the grinder with lock poker. Now lock poker is not as bad as UB, but... The grinder doesn't go out there and say, Lock Poker is honest. I- I'm going to get to the bottom of what's happening in Lock Poker. I'm going to make sure Lock Poker is-, is totally legitimate or I'm walking. Like, he doesn't do that. He just tweets out, Hey, Lock Poker tournament this Saturday, play it. And that's it. And when you take the active role of, I'm only joining this to help the players, I'm only joining this to get to the bottom of what happened, and I'm going to make sure that I make everything better or I'm walking away. And then you don't walk away, even though you fail to make things better. Of course, everyone gets really angry, and that's 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 he set himself up for failure here. And people said he's not the brightest bulb, and that's true. If if he really believed that this was not going to be a, a huge disaster for him, but I think he felt like this was the only way to continue his lifestyle. It was either that or just uh, start living the life of someone who's poor, and he couldn't even get money for actually work. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what he's doing now. Now, he, now he's crushing hella grapes up there in Northern California. That's really what he's doing now. He's uh, he's working long days at a winery in like a, a low-level job there. So I mean, talk about a, a major difference from being a, a high-flying poker player with a, a beach lifestyle to uh, crushing hella grapes for a very low wage in Northern California. <laughs> crushing hella grapes. Yeah, he is. So, <laughs> so you know, uh, 
that's but go, not a bad life. But getting back to what happened, actually, it is pretty bad. He was talking about how he used to wake up at like five in the morning and spend like twelve hours crushing grapes. Like it, it sounds very tough. Like it's, uh, I'm surprised. Twelve hours? Oh my god! Yeah, like really long days, and he doesn't get paid much, and he's exhausted, and he feels sore. I mean, I, I definitely would not li- want that life, even if, uh, like, I. Well, much... he's probably extremely out of shape. You know, not to be uh, too mean, but you know, if you haven't worked a, a day in your life and then suddenly you have to work a 12-hour day. But it, it sounds like it would be a, a beautiful atmosphere or, you know, a nice environment. I don't know. It's not something I, I definitely would never want. But uh, I, I was surprised <laughs> you, you went from that. such an extreme, like not working to that. Like like at least pick something in between where you're working a regular day but not crushing grapes for 12 hours. But uh, getting back to what happened in uh, 2010, after he joined UB and took all the flack, uh, someone hacked, I believe, his Gmail account. How they hacked it, I don't know. They may have uh, tricked him with a keylogger. I don't know what the hell they did, but they hacked his account on Gmail somehow. And when you get access to someone's email, you really get a window into their into their lives. You get to see a lot of things in their email that they do not make public. It's pr- it's pretty much uh, makes anyone an open book. Especially if they save their messages. Most people save their messages in email. That's a actually kind of risky behavior. But like you get an important message and you you want to reference it later, you don't want to delete it. So people just hoard emails, and that's what Joe did. And Joe not only hoarded emails that he received, he hoarded emails that he sent. So of greatest interest to this hacker was an email where Joe was corresponding with a girl from the UK. And he was talking really dirty to her, and he was sending her pictures of himself naked. And there's one particular picture that's been passed around for a few years now, uh, where he's completely it naked. Can't be. It's just not a pretty picture. Yeah, it's, it's a picture of him naked and uh, erect, and it's been known as the <laughs> seacock picture. So, yeah, it's so not, it's not a good one. Yeah, and and uh, so amazingly, let me tell you the order of events of what happened there. It actually involves the site that I used to be part of, Donkdown. Uh, Joe Seabach, in the fall of 2010, had his email hacked. And the hackers approached him and said, we have it all now. We have all your email, especially these, these damaging emails of you talking dirty and a naked picture of you. We're going to distribute these emails to everyone we can, unless you pay us some some you know, some money like twenty thousand dollars or something. They, they wanted money from him, substantial money. So Joe said, "Forget it. I'm not doing it. Tough luck. You know, go ahead and do what you want. I'm not paying you." He probably also didn't. Don't blame him for that. I think that was a good choice. Well, yeah, yeah. I probably would have said the same <laughs> thing. And the, the problem is, once you pay, I mean, out, so once what, you pay, you know? once you pay extortionists, then they can keep extorting right. you for money. So like, like even if you pay the twenty k. Then they may say, okay, well, we've decided we're upping it to 30K, so pay us 10K more, or we're both keeping your 20K and distributing these pictures. Like, you know, what are you going to do? Trust their honor? So that, that's why it's, it's especially hard to deal with extortionists. So I don't, I don't blame him for just saying, screw it, you know, post my penis picture, I don't care. So that's exactly. what they did. And they made an email, I think it was UB Power is a Scam. They made it, meant to type UB Poker is a Scam, but they forgot the K. I think it was UB Power is a Scam at Yahoo.com. And they got a collection of email addresses of well-known poker pros. Some were no longer active, but this was a some list they got. And they just shot out these messages with a picture of Joe Seabach's penis and the dirty letters he wrote. 
They shot out these messages like to everyone they could think of. Like they thought of every single poker player that they can possibly name, tried to get their email address and mail it to them. Now the amazing <laughs> thing was that this flew under the radar for some so, you time. Now that's comedy dress, right? <laughs> well, the amazing thing was for like three or four weeks, I believe, or maybe even more, no one said anything about this. Like all these people in poker get Joe Seabock's penis in their email box, and nobody bothers to say on 2 Plus 2, hey, you know what's weird? Someone just emailed me Joe Box penis. <laughs> like, like not one. How does that not got, How does that not get said somewhere? You can't write this shit. I mean, how, how could this occur and not one person says anything about it on the Internet for weeks and weeks and weeks? So finally, it made it over to a user on Donk Down, the former site that uh, I was part of. And uh, it was posted Who over was there. The user? It was a user in disguise under a dupe account. There's been a lot of controversy uh, about who that is. I'm not going to name him. But uh, it was a user that I would not name when we spoke to the FBI, which I'll get to in a second. And I have never named, and I will never name. But it was someone who posted... The user under, who shall not be named. Right. It was a user okay. who posted as a uh, under a dupe account on Donkdown with... The picture of the penis plus the dirty email that Joe Seabock sent. Now, the funny thing was, the girl he was corresponding with, by the way, he had not seen her picture yet. You could tell him the email because he said, like, well, when am I going to see a picture of you? She was tracked oh, so down. We don't even know if this girl is hot or not. No, or we do. We do. Girl. We do because we found her afterwards. <laughs> and it turned out she wasn't okay. hot at all. Like, she she was a, a relatively unattractive UK girl. I mean, she was young, but that was it. She was a... She she wasn't very good looking either. So he like he he did all this for a girl that wasn't even that hot. And and Joe Seabach actually was with some hot girls during the time when he was uh, at his peak. So it's not like this is someone who's never been with attractive girls. But uh, but she could talk a good game, I'm sure. Yeah. Some somehow she struck his interest. But uh, yeah. So this got posted on Donk Down. Uh, of course, Joe Seabach flipped out. Um, I, I believe he hassled Mike on to take it down. I was never contacted directly, but Joe was very, very unhappy about it. But the, the picture was left up there. And then some people started discussing it on 2 Plus 2. And no one had a lot of sympathy for him because, you know, he had been shilling for UB. He'd been lying to everyone on behalf of UB. And it was really rubbing salt in the wounds of people who had been cheated by UB before. That, that he's back there trying to build up the site again and make people believe they're honest when they really weren't. And so people were really mad at Joe, so people said, you know, he kind of deserved this. Well, it turned out there was more to the story that we didn't know, because nobody knew at the time that he was being extorted for money. However, I learned of this in December of 2010, a few months after this happened, when I got a call from Mike on who said, the FBI wants to talk to us. I said, what? It turned out the FBI had been contacted by Joe because these people were trying to extort money out of him. And the FBI normally would not give a shit about hacking someone's Gmail and posting their penis picture online, but they cared about the extortion part. That's what really bothered the FBI. So they got involved and started to investigate it. And, of course, they were led to Donk Down, where an account posted that picture, and the FBI was wondering if Donk Down had any links to what happened. So we called the FBI agent on three-way. It was a female agent. Uh, she opened by saying, look, I don't care if you want to post that picture. You post it all you want. <laughs> I'm not asking you to take that down. You can leave it up on your site. We don't care. Which I thought was funny that the FBI is telling us we, we have permission to post C- Joe Seabock's penis. But uh, 
She asked. You know what's interesting is if you Google Joe Seabach's penis, the very first link that's brought up is uh, to your site uh, to the thread Joe Seabach crushing yellow grapes. Oh, <laughs> maybe we'll get some new. <laughs> maybe we'll get some new traffic for this because this is actually a, a story that was covered on Yahoo and, and other various places. Like, <laughs> it's actually on a lot of. It's actually a news story that hit a lot of news outlets because it's kind of interesting, even to people who don't follow poker, but. Uh, the FBI agent wanted to know what we knew about the person that did this. And I said, what, you mean the person who posted this on our site? And she said, no, the person who actually did the hacking. Now, Micon had actually spoken to the person who had done the hacking on Skype, but they wouldn't say who they were. They made like a fake Skype account to talk to him. They talked to him once and would never, never talk to him again. So Micon knew nothing. I knew nothing. We told the FBI, truthfully, we knew nothing. The FBI said, okay, what about the guy who posted it on your site? And I kept insisting to the FBI, this person had nothing to do with it. This person got the email that had gone out to all these poker players and was surprised that so many weeks had passed and no one had posted it anywhere. So they wanted to kind of break the story and donk down. And I kept insisting this person had nothing to do with it. They just got the email. So the FBI said, well... Can you tell us who that person is? And I said, I really don't want to do that. I don't want to establish a precedent on this site that people who give me information anonymously, I'm going to turn them into the FBI. So she said, okay, well, I'm going to have to send you a subpoena for that information. So I said, okay, you know, send me the subpoena and I'll provide it. So I, I was going to provide it if they sent me the subpoena. I wasn't going to violate an FBI subpoena, but I did not get the subpoena. So obviously I never gave them the information. Uh, it turned out they didn't need the information because they told me that uh, they told me why they were interested because of the extortion and they told me that they already knew who did it and that they were just looking to put the final touches on the case before making the arrest they wouldn't tell me who did it and even had they told me I wouldn't have recognized the names but uh, they said they knew who did it they just wanted to see if it had any other angles to it so once they determined that Donk Down had nothing to do with it um they just dropped it and never sent that dumb subpoena. So, so who was it? Two plus two plus three? Uh, well, so that's the weird thing. Uh, let me get to the article here. It, it's really strange because I, I don't recognize any of the names. And as far as I've known, uh, uh, as far as I've known here, let me let me go to a, um, a story about this. I'll read the names to you. Yeah. It seems like the main one was Tyler Schreer. 23 years old. So let me read this uh, story here. You, you won't believe the prison sentences that were handed out here. Pretty stiff. No pun intended. Okay, pun intended. <laughs> Two men were sentenced to federal prison Monday for hacking into the email accounts of professional poker players and threatening to publicize naked photographs and other personal information to extort them. So it says poker players. So it's apparently this person or people did this to others. I don't know about naked pictures, but they uh, they apparently targeted a lot of players, and it wasn't just aimed at Joe. At the time when it happened, I thought they were going after Joe because of the UB thing, especially making a, a an email of UB poker as a scam at yahoo.com to, to email to everyone, but I guess that was just a way to taunt him. But they, they probably were just going who, after whoever they could hack and uh, try to blackmail them with anything they would find that would be objectionable to distribute. So uh, the go, going on here. Prosecutors said Tyler Schreer, 23, was sentenced to three and a half years in prison after pleading guilty to conspiracy, extortion, and unauthorized access to a protected computer to obtain information. 
Under the terms of the plea agreement, Schreer also admitted to extorting more than $28,000, or sorry, $26,000 in a separate plot involving online poker players. So apparently, even though he got nothing out of Seabock, he got 26 k out of other poker players that were hacked in some way. Uh, Kevin James Hudson, 39, pleaded guilty to hacking into a player's account to steal naked pictures and plotting with Schreer on how to extort players, according to prosecutors, he received a two-year prison sentence. So what it sounds like here to me so far is that this Keith Hudson, who, who's much older than this uh, Tyler Schreer and the other guy involved I'm about to name, uh, was the hacker. That he hacked, but then that was it. He uh, um, Then he kind of handed it over to Tyler Schreer, who was trying to use the information that Kevin Hudson or Keith Hudson got him to uh, extort money out of Joe Seabock and other poker players. Um he received a two-year prison sentence. Ryder Finney, 22, a third defendant in this case, pleaded guilty to conspiracy and will be sentenced later this year in Philadelphia. So I'm not sure why they sentenced two of them and not the third. Maybe a jurisdictional thing. But uh, I, I think the sentencing here for these two occurred in California. Maybe they want to sentence them in the jurisdiction over in Philadelphia. This Ryder Finney, who's 22, doesn't say what he did. He's just a third defendant in the case. One of the players targeted in the extortion scheme was former poker pro Joe Seabock, the stepson of poker legend Barry Greenstein. Prosecutors said that Schreer and Hudson stole naked photos and intimate emails from Seabock in 2010 and threatened to post the revealing items online if he and other victims did not pay them hundreds of thousands of dollars. See, he should, they shouldn't have gone for hundreds of thousands. If they really wanted to make the whole thing worth their while, they should have asked for... One million dollars. <laughs> but you know, I'll bet you that if he had a very, very small unit, he would have perhaps responded to these uh, threats. But generally, in my experience, men don't care about their penis being publicized as long as it's of a decent size. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. But I guess he didn't care either because uh, he didn't pay the money. Yeah, he didn't give a crap. Unless he didn't yeah. have the money. But anyway. Uh, well, his reputation was already ruined anyway. Yeah, he may have figured, like, everyone hates me anyway from UB, so who cares? Well, he's been, you know, he was shilling for UB, and you know, there were all the threats and everything else. Yeah. So this was nothing. So uh, it says that none of the victims made payments to the extortionists, according to prosecutors. That's interesting. I thought they did. I guess the 26 was, but that doesn't make sense. This is from Poker News. This is none of the victims made payments to the extortionist, according to prosecutors, but then it said that Tyler Schreer extorted $26,000. I guess it was like a separate plot, they're saying. I guess he... I mean, that's kind of contradictory, but whatever. Schreer later sent a nude photo of Seabock to approximately 100 people. So I guess he was the one behind UB Power is a scam. Uh... Seabock called the experience a, quote, nightmare and has virtually disappeared from the poker world since 2011. He has most recently been working at a winery in Santa Rosa, California. During the sentencing hearing of Schreer and Hudson, Seabock addressed the court to say that he and other victims had seen their lives, quote, altered and shattered in irreparable ways. In short, I was no longer able to maintain my then current level of participation in the poker industry, representing the brands that I had been previously, as well as greatly destroying my ability to do so with new companies moving forward, Seabox said. Now, two problems with this. First of all, after this whole thing, I don't think the proper words would be in short. I think you should stay away from anything like that. And, and second, uh, it's such a joke that he's claiming this is what prevented him from representing poker brands and making money. 
He was already representing UB. He was already taking all the deserved flack from representing UB at the time this happened. As I said, the email address that was used to distribute the penis pictures was named UB Pokers the Scam at Yahoo.com. So if you're representing a shady company like UB and you're being their mouthpiece, you've pretty much destroyed your credibility everywhere. Poker Stars is never going to want to touch you. Full Tilt will never touch you, even though they were shady anyway. No one will touch you because you have soiled yourself with UB. And once right. UB gets not rid of you, not to mention the intimidation with John Aguiar right. and all of that crap. Right, right. I and, mean, right. basically, he was done. Yeah. So, so Joe destroyed his own reputation. It was not these naked photos. Like, there's no way a poker site's going to say, "Wow, Joe is a great pro to have representing us," but ah, uh, he sent his penis to a girl on the internet. Now we're not going to let him represent us. I mean, there's no way. Of course, they everyone would hire him, despite this. It would barely affect anything. Uh, it's because of UB. That's why he lost his ability to shill for sites. And, of course, it became much harder to get these positions because there was a lot less money, a lot less promotional money in online poker to go around. But even putting that aside, once you associate yourself so closely with UB, all the way till the last minute when they fire you because they're broke, you pretty much ruined it for life. That's what ruined it, and it's such a joke that he's blaming this, these penis pictures on that. It has nothing to do with it. I'm sure he was embarrassed by the penis pictures. I'm sure it didn't help. I'm sure like it, it just felt like one bad thing after another for him, where first he, uh, he gets all the flack from UB, and then, then the, you know, his penis pictures get uh, distributed everywhere. I'm sure that was crappy for him, but that's not what destroyed his reputation. That's a joke. So uh, I'll give you my thoughts on this. Uh, first of all, how do I feel about the guys being sentenced to so much time? Well, this Tyler Schreer was obviously a bad dude. Uh, it's one thing to hack his account and distribute the penis picture just for laughs to get him back for his UB stuff. Fine. You want to do that? I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that's a bad thing because Joe deserves something for what he was doing with UB, knowingly doing. People were warning Joe what he was doing. He didn't care. So I, I, I'm not going to say that was the worst consequence for him. But this was not done for a moral reason. Tyler Schreer did it to extort money out of Joe. He did it to extort money out of other people. He actually did extort 26 k from other people. This guy is an extortionist. This guy is a serial extortionist, apparently, by the age of 23. This guy should be in prison. So I think that's the reason he got three and a half years is because this is someone who was just extorting one poker player after the other, and they realized that this was a bad guy who was uh, hacking people's accounts, using what private stuff he found against them, and demanded money. And people like that should be in prison, regardless of who the victim is. So I agree with that sentence. Uh, Okay, so do you agree with the amount of time he got? You know, I'm not sure, but I, I don't... Like, given how egregious this sounds like it was. This wasn't just like he hacked Joe Seabach and then decided, hey, I wonder if I can get money out of him. Like, it sounds like he was doing this to several people. And anyone who's doing this to this many people, I don't know what the right sentence is, but I I don't feel bad for someone who gets three and a half years for this. Because uh, it's pretty bad. It's really invading people's privacy, and it's invading people's privacy only to enrich yourself, only to uh, satisfy your own greed. Only, you know, using people's own private information to get money out of them. I just think that's a really, really 
low thing to do. Especially when you're not doing it because they, they harmed you in any way. You're doing it just to make money for yourself. So um, I, I don't think that's a bad sentence. Now this Keith Hudson, who got two years for hacking the account, that I think actually might be excessive unless, again, he was working with Schreer as part of this whole conspiracy. But it looks like it wasn't probably because it said that Tyler Schreer was pled guilty to conspiracy, extortion, and unauthorized access and Keith Hudson basically only pled guilty to the hacking and and uh, and plotting with uh, Schreer about how to extort. So I, I, it depends about how much he was doing the plotting and how much his hacking was for the purpose of extorting people. If he just happened to be the hacker who enabled Schreer, like let's say, I have no idea how these two know each other or how this all went down, but let's say Schreer uh, met this Hudson guy on a message board and said, hey, you know, I'll, I'll pay you a little bit of money to hack this account. And and Hudson does it. And then Schreer goes and uses the information that Hudson gave him through the hacking to extort people. I, I think Hudson should face some penalty, but uh, not necessarily two years because he was just the hacker. He wasn't uh, maliciously going after extortion and, and trying to enrich himself from it. But but maybe he was. Uh, it's, it's hard to tell from this description, so I don't know what to say about that sentence. And I can't comment on the sentence on this writer Finney because he hasn't been sentenced yet, and I don't know what he did. It just he's, says he's a third defendant. So I, the, the interesting thing is I don't know any of these names. Uh, I don't know Tyler Schreer. I don't know Keith Hudson. I don't know writer Finney. Uh, something that hasn't been reported that much in this story is that uh, Tyler Schreer was also asking for online poker transfers if people don't want to give him cash. So he was obviously involved in poker in some way. And Sounds like a losing poker player. It probably was. It probably was a losing poker player who came up with this idea, found some hacker, this Keith Hudson, to help him, and then uh, tried to use this to extort money out of people. And uh, this, you know, the fact that he made an account named UB Poker is a scam at yahoo.com shows that he at least was aware of the controversy surrounding Seabock and, and UB and all that. So I have a feeling this guy just uh, took advantage of all that. So I, I, I think this guy was some losing poker player that nobody knew. Keith Hudson, I don't know who he is. Ryder Finney, I don't know who he is. And I'd never heard of Tyler Schreer before this. So three basically unknown. I, I'd wonder if these were regular 2 plus 2 posters or someone that would really surprise us when we heard they were involved. But I was disappointed upon reading the names that they were total nobodies. So in that sense, the story is not that interesting. But the story did make Yahoo and many other major news sources. It was called Sextortion. And sextortion is actually getting more and more common. Uh, another way sextortion typically goes down is someone will pay a girl to get guys to get naked for them on cam and sometimes do embarrassing things. And then uh, you know the girl will then make conversation and find out information about them. And then the ringleaders will track down who these people are and send them their own video and say, either you send us this money, or we're going to uh, expose this to everyone you know. 
I think the uh, the message that we should all take from this is never take pictures of your junk and show your face at the same time. Yes, that's, that's true. <laughs> but the funny thing is Joe didn't show his face in this picture. There was actually some debate for a while whether it was actually his penis, but uh, it eventually was concluded it was, and then uh, this trial concludes it was too. <laughs> but uh, he he was smart enough not to show his face there, but it didn't matter because it was in his own email account. And... Uh, well, with that in mind, perhaps our uh, poster fluffer has the right idea of never showing his face. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why he doesn't show his face, because he's posted his penis on our site before. But, uh, you know, I have always thought that people are very reckless with this, posting nudes of themselves, especially to people they don't know very well. You're You're just really taking a chance, and unless you have absolutely no problem with your nude pictures ending up online for the public to see, you should be very careful who you send it to. And, or better yet, send it to no one because you never know when these people will turn on you. So that that's my advice. Just never send any nude pictures of yourself to anyone under any circumstances. Even, even if the person you're sending it to is someone you trust, they could get hacked. And that's something that people forget. Sometimes they will, not just nude pictures, but people will send information to others that they trust, saying, oh, this person will never betray me. Uh, and, and then frequently the person doesn't, but that they aren't that computer savvy and their computer gets hacked, their email gets hacked, and all of a sudden it falls into the wrong hands. So it's just better never to send anything via email, especially, that you don't want to be seen by the public. Well, as you know, I learned the hard way uh, seven years ago that it's probably better just never, ever, ever to put any photographs of yourself online. Because eventually uh, it's going to go wrong, yeah. very wrong. Yeah, you got to watch out for the, the risque photographs. They can uh, <laughs> they can always come and get you. So uh, that's what happened with Joe here, and... Uh, I I wonder if he's going to attempt to sue these people. Now, I have to imagine they don't have very much money. Like two guys in their early 20s and some uh, loser computer hacker who's almost 40. I, I just can't imagine any of these guys are rolling in cash. But uh, if they are, I, I'm sure that Joe will try to sue them and claim this prevented him from making a living. And if I were the judge in that case, I would say no. I'd like, I, Or if I was the, on the jury there, I'd say absolutely not, Joe, you get nothing. Because uh, I maybe award him something for the invasion of privacy, but not for the harm it did to his career, because it did no harm. Joe Seabach harmed his own career, and that's it. You, you can't represent UB in the way he did and claim your career has been harmed. Absolutely. So, uh, that's not even a, a question. Yeah. So that's what happened with Joe Seabach, and that story just came out. And it's funny because I forgot about it. I knew that the FBI knew who did it. I knew they were very interested in it. And then the story just kind of fell off. And I think once, I don't know, maybe six months, a year ago, somewhere around there, I thought about, hmm, why did the FBI never arrest these people if they knew who it was and they're so hot on their case? And I just thought that it just kind of fizzled out and they decided not to pursue it. But it seemed like they were just about ready to pounce back then in December 2010. I was surprised I hadn't heard. And I was also surprised that nobody else had heard about this, uh, about the arrest. Even I had not heard about the arrest until everyone else heard about it in these stories, in these news stories, about the sentencing. So this really flew under the radar for a long time, pretty much like Joe's pictures. But just like Joe's pictures, uh, eventually the news made it out. I think Joe would have actually been better off if this never made the news, like, recently. Like, everyone kind of forgot about this, sort of. But now everyone remembers. So again. you're saying that Donk Down sort of had a hand in uh, publicizing the story, right? It, it had a big hand. I mean, nobody was publicizing, and this would not have been allowed on Two Plus Two, and it had been going on for weeks, 
where these had been emailed and nobody was reposting it. So I, I really do think that had Dongdown not existed or had that user not wanted to post them up there or, or somebody else post them up there, if Dongdown had not been there or allowed these pictures to go up, I have a feeling they would have never been pub- publicly distributed. Now, I'm sure the trial would have still existed and the arrest would have happened because this was about extortion, not about the pictures being posted. And once again, the FBI actually told us, you don't have to delete the pictures. Leave them up for all we care. That's not what this is about. You guys are not doing anything illegal by leaving those pictures up, <laughs> which I thought was funny. I'm sure Joe was delighted. <laughs> it was so <laughs> weird. Make that decision. It was so weird because I thought they would at least say, come on, take them down. You know, like, you know, I thought they'd at least suggest we take them down or at least try to posture that we should take them down or we could technically be, you know, committing an offense by displaying these stolen pictures. Nothing. They just said, if you want to leave them up, go ahead. We don't care about that. <laughs> so... I thought that was uh, an interesting line the FBI took. And that was not the only time that the FBI has contacted us. There there have been other FBI inquiries regarding material on Dunkdown or even on the radio. There there was someone, I'm not going to tell the story because I, I can't. I promised the person I wouldn't. Otherwise, I would, I'd love to tell the story. But uh, there was a story where someone told me that the FBI actually called them in and did a long interview with them about a certain matter, not nothing having to do with Seabach. And the person asked, where did you hear about this? And the FBI said, we heard about it on Donkdown Radio. <laughs> so I, I was like, wow, the FBI is listening. So I, I actually don't think they're actively listening, but I think that uh, when they hear a rumor about something, they Google it like everyone else, and if it links back to a radio show, they go listen to the show. But if the FBI is listening to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, hello and welcome, and you can even play the free roll if you like. Just uh, make sure to PM me first if you're not registered by January 1st. That includes the FBI. Unless, you know, FBI agents, if you're going to arrest me for anything that's occurred on this site, and if I let you play the free roll, and if that enables you not to arrest me, then I will let you play the free roll even if you're new here. So that's the one exception I'll make. So, anyway, let me get back to... uh, Let me get back to the agenda here. How did I get to this thread? See, I, I click on other threads on my site, and then I lose the agenda. Okay. And, and Jeff, I have to apologize for not keeping you on track, but I'm trying to do four things at the same time, so um, I, as well as mute my phone when the dogs bark. <laughs> okay, well, no, you're doing a good job. Which I haven't heard the dogs. a little inconvenient, but yeah. I have not heard the dogs. You've, you've done a very good job. Oh, good. Very good. So, uh... Let's see. What is the next topic here? Oh, the user-friendly porn site that's funded by poker players. That's uh, an interesting story. I still haven't figured out who these poker players are, but I have some suspicion as to what they're associated with. Does Micon have a hand in this? (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think it's Micon. But uh, anyway, uh uh-oh. What is that? I heard something. Yeah, I'm hearing dogs. But wait, those aren't my dogs. I I, I, I don't have any dogs here. What is that? I think think you better calm them down. (laughs) That must be a sound effect. (laughs) You're thinking, wait a minute. How come I'm hearing it over the phone but not in my house? How's that happening? I'm going to hear dogs on the phone, but they're not like... 
I, I could tell like the moment of confusion. That's what I was going for. Okay, so the the porn site in question is called Paintbottle.com. It's kind of a strange name for a porn site. Paintbottle.com, exactly as it sounds. And if you go there, it's like a very clean, user-friendly type porn site where you can filter the type of porn you're looking for. And uh, and then you get a list of videos. And then you can click on the videos and they play, and it's fairly good quality. And there's no pop-up ads, no other BS, no uh, slick attempts to move you over to another site. You know what I hate when you're browsing a porn site and you click on something you want to see, and instead of taking you to that video, it pops up another window, or or it forces, or even worse, it forces you on that same window to a site you don't want to be, and then you try to hit back and you can't go back. You're going back, 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 and it won't let you go back. Like I, I you hate... know, I have a feeling that you. What what kind of machine are you browsing on? A uh, Windows machine. Yeah, that's the problem. It, you need to be on an iPad. It, it really does relieve all of those problems. Yeah, so uh, paintbottle.com... Well, that and knowing what not to click on. Yeah. <laughs> paintbottle.com doesn't have these problems, and uh, it's free. And it's supposedly funded by a few poker players. Now, I'm not sure how they're going to make money. But anyway, the, here, here's the description of paintbottle.com. Uh, this is from one of the people who, who's running it. Porn is a very small industry, an oligarchy, really. I don't get that. It's not a small industry at all. Uh, So we don't want to adversely affect our perceptions by announcing the amount of funding, he said. However, the source of our funding is is much more interesting. We are funded exclusively by the best high-stakes heads-up poker players in the world. Several of them grouped together and invested in Paint Bottle. This is their first (laughs) investment. This is their first investment in a startup. We met them through Craig, who opened their Canadian bank accounts when Black Friday happened to poker, resulting in a mini exodus in which many top players moved to Montreal. So, so basically, who the hell is Craig? Is that supposed to make us feel better? I, 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 I am not sure who he is either. But uh, um, <laughs> so, so some poker players went to Canada. I, I guess Montreal here in this case. It's Canadian Craig, right? You Cana- can and, him. and Canadian Craig helped them set up bank accounts there. These Americans in Canada. And somehow they're all, like all talking, and they're like, "Craig's like, you know what? You guys are looking to invest your money somewhere. I know somebody who wants to start a porn site that doesn't make any money. You interested? Oh yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Let's do it." It's so, Craig. He's a genius. Yeah. So so they they funded this site that's that's very clean and user friendly, but somehow doesn't have any form of income I can determine. And uh, if you go to the thread on it on Flying Stupidity called New User-Friendly Porn Site is Funded by Poker Players. You can read some articles. You can go to the site itself. I'm going to go to the site itself right now. I'm going to click on paintbottle.com. It's loading up. Okay, so... Can our users in the chat room please go visit this site and give us a full yeah, report? Yeah, you can do this. So let me, let me uh, tell you what I see. It okay. says, scroll down with your mouse wheel or your up-down keys and then... Uh, I guess you could become a power user in some way. Click on the link at the bottom of the page to learn your keyboard shortcuts. So, so I think a power user is not the usual power user where it costs money. Again, they're making no money. And <laughs> you're just a power user is learning the shortcuts to see things faster. But uh, so then you see... Is there a, an accurate search field? 
Well, that's the weird thing. There's no search field. What there's categories. Uh-huh. You can click. There's, you can you can turn terrible. on and oh, off. There are categories. You can turn on and off. So so the, the, so there's and it's kind of weird. Uh, the top three are guy on girl, girl on girl, or solo girl. If you're looking for solo guy, you're out of luck. Then you can just go download a picture of Neverheeb, I guess. But uh, no doctor, pa- no doctor patient porn or uh, baby well, porn. See, the, yes, see, it's not that specific. So you can turn on those or turn off those. So you can turn off guy on girl, so you're only seeing like girl on girl and solo girl. Or if you don't want to see the lesbian stuff, you can turn off girl on girl, whatever. Then under that, in smaller print, there's categories of teen, mom, Asian, big breasts, big butt, big dick, and rough. Now that's it. You know, so it's definitely Wait, not. There's no anal. No, there's no anal. There's no like fetish stuff. There's like there's, there's no <laughs> tra- no tranny stuff. No gay stuff. It's weird because like there there's some things you can filter, but other things you can't that you would expect would be on a porn site. And they claim they're not like a search engine. They claim these are like partner sites that have agreed for this content to specifically be on this site. So so you turn on and off what these categories are. So theoretically, if you only turn on like girl on girl, big butt, big breasts, then you'll only see porn involving like lesbians who have big breasts and big breasts and nothing else. Uh, And then of course, if you do contradictory things, it'll say no videos are found. Like let's say you do girl on girl, big dick. Well, you won't find that. I'd be worried that this is going to implant some sort of virus. No, it looks, it looks pretty honest to me. But uh, so let, let's see. <laughs> I, okay. I'm gonna. I, I'm usually a good judge of these things. So let's see. Uh, we're gonna go uh-huh. uh, girl on girl, big breasts. Oh no, actually, I turned off girl on girl. Okay. So it's only girl on girl, big breasts. So I've I've been offered mom big breasts, black big breasts, <laughs> another mom big breasts. Let's let's go on here. I had to use my up down keys. What? I scrolled my mouse pad. This isn't as, as easy as I thought it was. Uh, no, just uh, you're in a private room in your uh, secret location right now, and nobody knows that you're looking at porn, correct? Yeah, yeah. Well, now everybody knows, but uh, I, oh, I see the problem. I can't scroll because there's only three videos. See, that's the only the other thing is there are not many videos. They claim they'll be like updating them every week, but there are not that many videos. So let's. See. I'm going to click on black big breasts. Here we go. <laughs> this is, really interesting yeah. choice. This is the Lacey Duval Coco Pink. ID number 1069. I wonder if the 69 is intentional. Uh, this is 9 minutes and 12 <laughs> seconds. I'm not going to play the whole thing. Don't worry. And uh, here, we, here we go. How disgusting is it? Is well, it's, it's having trouble loading here, actually. Maybe it's because I'm broadcasting here, but I don't know. This is, I hope this doesn't kill the radio. I'm playing Black Big Breasts. How do I explain this to anyone? Like, the radio went down because I'm watching Black Big Breast porn. Yeah, now it's not even loading. Yeah. I wanted everyone to hear this, but uh, apparently now it's stuck. All right, never mind. So, uh, so, so this is being funded by poker players, and of course, everybody wonders who is who, right? Yeah, who's and people are in the chat room don't like it. Someone's saying this is this may be the worst free porn I've ever seen. <laughs> so, I, I think this uh, the the Canadian or the American poker players in Montreal didn't get their money's worth. But uh, let me go to something that was discovered by our own Sirius the Sirius. He said, something just occurred to me. That marker function they have on these videos for position changes, I guess you can kind of like I even tried it, it was something where you can change the position of the video. There's only two websites I've ever seen that have anything like that. 
one is SoundCloud, the other is Deuces Cracked. So maybe it's the people behind Deuces Cracked. Talking about DeucesCracked.com, the training site. And interestingly, <laughs> um, Vanessa Selbst was involved with that at one point. Wouldn't it be funny if she owned this? <laughs> oh my God, that'd be hilarious. But yeah, Deuces Cracked. Uh, let me see who, who's behind the blogs at Deuces Cracked. I, I don't even know who owns it these days. Um, hmm. Who does own this place? Anybody know who owns this? I think that Joe Tall guy owned some of it. I, I don't know. I, I don't keep track of these things. If any listeners are part of the ownership, please call in. We want to talk to you. Yeah. So, uh, um, anyway, uh, Bad Guy 23 said, I've already lost my boner because I can see some ugly black dick. <laughs> well, you could have filtered that out. You could you could have clicked off big dick. You wouldn't have seen it. I, I, I blame you for that one, Bad Guy. So... Uh, I, I do wonder if uh, Vanessa Selps happens to own part of this, or yeah. So someone saying that uh, a seriously serious is always uh, full of good information says uh, 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 this uh, Rosencrantz guy, who I think was involved with the Micros, uh, Joe Tall and Death Donkey. Uh, they own Deuces Cracked. I, I know that Vanessa Selps was involved at one point, maybe just as a trainer. Uh, I met Joe Tall before; he was a nice guy. Death Donkey, I, I've had only a little encounter with him, and he was nice when I met him, too. In fact, I, I got a compliment from Death Donkey that meant a lot to me. Um, when I did the broadcast of that final table of the 10K Limit event, the one that Greg Mueller won, I, I did the that on ESPN 360, and right. I was providing like the color commentary. And... I remember the people on 2 Plus 2 were bashing me as I was doing it. But once I acknowledged them and like it was actually answering some of their criticism, they actually decided to like me because they were they were impressed that I was actually reading their comments and answering them while I was doing the broadcast. But uh, um, I still wasn't sure what everyone thought of it because I had some of those trolls on 2 Plus 2 bashing me for it. And uh, I saw Death Donkey at the Bellagio, and I'd never met him before. Or if I'd met him, it'd just been like at the poker table where we didn't talk. And he said to me, good job on that broadcast. It was nice to see a limit broadcast where someone actually knows what they're talking about. And, and he's a very good limit and player. That was fine. He was a very good limit player, so from him that meant a lot. So anyway, uh, so I guess he might own this. I, I don't want to say that the Deuces Cracked people own it and then get angry calls from them like I did from uh, Sean Deeb. Oh, see, so your dogs, they, they don't believe that either. But... Uh, <laughs> But I do think it's suspicious that they have similar technology in viewing the videos. But maybe it's a coincidence. I won't say that is any kind of conclusive evidence. I wish these guys would just step forward, whoever's uh, sponsoring this thing. But I have to agree. First of all, I did find the porn on there to be lousy. It just was boring, and there was very little selection both in quantity and number of categories. And the categories were like very generic, like teen, mom, like, like you know, I, I just don't think it's going to bring people there. Someone even pointed out in that thread that they think it's going to fail because it's too vanilla, that people want to see extreme stuff these days. And I'm not even one of the people who likes to see extreme things in porn, but I agree that if you have just a very plain vanilla porn site, you're probably not going to get very many people visiting. And I still don't get how they make money. 
So right, it's a, that's what I'm curious about: is how are they going to make a profit? Yeah, like it, like maybe there will be some link to buying a longer version of the video. I don't know, or seeing higher quality. But if it's already in fairly high quality and the video is already like ten minutes, like how much more do you need? So anyway, that's uh, somehow being funded by poker players through some Canadian named Craig. <laughs> And that's what's happening. Uh, moving on to our next story here. We talk about Quad Jacks sometimes. And we talk about the owner of Quad Jacks, who has done a lot of bad things, named Zach Hard, also known as Zach Deo, a.k.a. the Snake in the Grass. But here is what might be the final Snake in the Grass update in a long time. <laughs> Now I'd like to bash the snake in the grass For all the things he does Whether it's uh, cheating seriously serious Out of web design content Or uh, taking radio guests that are going to appear on our radio show And talking them out of appearing on the show Just because he feels like being a jerk Or maybe stealing that person for his own show when it existed or one of many other snake-like things he's done. And a lot of people have bad things to say about Zach from Quad Jacks. But guess what? He's no longer part of Quad Jacks. Now, some of you might remember that Marco, who was really the one of the main people at Quad Jacks, that's really Marco and Seriously Serious were the reason that people came there. And then Seriously Serious left, and it was just Marco and Zach. Like, nobody came there for Zach. Zach wasn't interesting. He was just the person who was the, the hustler. He was the one managing the business side of things. And Zach was very good, you know, partially because he was a snake in the grass. He was very good at the hustle. He was very good at getting sponsors. He was very good at uh, the business side of things. I'll give him that. Uh, Marco was the entertaining guy. He was the interviewer. He was the talent. And Seriously Serious, of course, was also the talent, but he left. Uh, Marco then left, leaving people saying, okay, well, <laughs> then what is Quad Jacks? No Marco, no Seriously Serious. Like, wait, what, you're going to have uh, Pete Lubrano? Like, like, who else is left there? So, uh, I think so. It's pretty much over. Yeah, it was pretty much over. So it just languished for a long time. Uh, if you went to quadjacks.com, pretty much all you got was... <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> It had weird content, like it. It kind of veered away from poker and had weird, like sports stuff. I forgot what was even on there. Really strange stuff on on Quad Jacks. But uh, an announcement came recently that that really surprised a lot of people. And I, I see there's actually more here. Um, I, I don't have the original announcement anymore. It's fallen off. But uh, if you go to quadjacks.com. You will see that uh, there are there is now a new team headed up by Marco, and in fact, this is I'm seeing this for the first time too about the new team. Uh, originally on Quadjacks.com, there was just a short statement with a picture of Marco saying that it's under new management, and Marco is the new general manager of Quadjacks, and he's glad to join the team, and he's terminating his other project with uh, I, f- I forgot global global poker index or something is what he was part of before. But uh, Marco has moved back to Quad Jacks, and apparently the snake in the grass was out of the picture. It didn't say how, or how that you know what occurred. 
So now I'm going to read. I'm going to be reading this myself for the first time. This was just released yesterday, April 22nd. Meet the new Quad Jacks team. And I see a picture of Marco and two guys I don't recognize. So let's meet them together. Dear Poker World. Boy, it looks like I haven't... Let me start again. Dear Poker World. This is from Marco, by the way. (laughs) Boy, it looks like I haven't lost my touch for grandiose statements, have I? On Saturday, I announced that I would be returning to quadjacks.com, this time in more formal-sounding position of general manager. Some of you saw the statement and expressed sincere congratulations. I really appreciated every such comment. It's good to be back for sure. My sudden return naturally bred a lot of questions, too. After all, I left Quad Jacks barely three months ago. Three months? That sounds like... What? It seems like a lot longer. Maybe it's only three months. If it's only been three months, I'm happy. Because I like when things that occurred a long time ago, or, or sorry, a short-term time ago, seem like they were a long time ago, because it makes me think like I'm getting a lot out of my life. I'm not even kidding. Like I, I hate thinking of something that seems super recent, and it turned out it was five years ago. And then I say, shit, like if that much time has passed since then, and that seems so recent, my life's going to be over soon. <laughs> but but like if something that seems ages ago was only three months, like, like wow, I packed a lot of living in those three months because it seems like a lot's happened since then. Like that's always how I felt. I always like when things take a seem like they're taking a longer time or seem like they're a longer time ago than they were. This definitely is one of them. I thought he was gone like nine months ago, not three. I definitely didn't enjoy you doing think that. It was your error, not his. Yeah, maybe. I definitely didn't enjoy doing that, and I didn't entertain the idea of coming back or remaining involved in some way. I have to agree. I mean, from what I heard, he and the snake in the grass didn't have the most civil departure. In fact, uh, the snake in the grass even released a video indicating Marco's real name. So and he's over it, apparently. Yeah, he must be over it. But when I left, right. I mostly believed I would stay gone. I even took another job. What happened? Well, a lot did for sure. Do I want to tell the whole story? Yes. Is it time God, for it? No. Oh shit. <laughs> no, I, no, actually I, do. I wanted to tell the whole story. Is it time for oh, it? Yes. Is it time for it yet? I don't think so. Well then don't bring it up. <laughs> he wants to tell it but he just can't. Yeah. Do I want to tell the whole story? Yes, but I'm, I'm but I'm not telling you. You get nothing. Do I expect <laughs> everything will come out eventually? I'm convinced of it. Well, what does that mean? Like we have to find out on our own? Apparently, he's waiting for somebody to post it up on a farm. <laughs> We've got to hack his email or something. Maybe I should contact uh, right, Keith. Right. I should contact Keith Hudson when he gets out of prison. Have him help me out here. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've worked in poker media for a long time. I know firsthand how close to impossible it is to keep a secret. And for the record, there really isn't anything worth being secretive about here. Well, then tell us. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, no. I think he, what he's trying to say is nobody gives a shit. No, no. <laughs> It's like it's just not worth like, it. Do I want to tell the whole story? Yes. Can I? No, not right now. But it's not a secret. It doesn't really matter. What? <laughs> there are some questions, however, that I will try to answer right now, so as to curb some of the unnecessary speculation that I have seen so far. Some people ask if the previous owner of Quadjax continues to retain any interest in the company or otherwise be involved. That is a good question. The answer to both of no, those. The answer to both of those is. <laughs> no, he said the answer to both of those is no. The follow-up okay. question that typically becomes, so who is involved? That's what this post will try to shed light on. As I'm about to introduce two of my closest collaborators, two of my closest collaborators, poker media veterans Tobias Block and Matt Kaufman. 
<laughs> Wait, I've heard that name, Tobias Black. I haven't heard it. <laughs> it's completely unfamiliar to me for some reason. Okay. Uh, finally, I'm being asked a lot about this whole general manager thing. I think how he just drops it there. He doesn't say what they've done or who they are. Poker media and veterans, Tobias Block, or, and Matt Kaufman. Finally, I'm being asked about, like, it's like, okay, I've named them, that's it. That's, uh, finally, I'm being asked about this whole general manager thing. What's that all about? Well, it's like this. See, when you hear us make reference to the, quote, exciting new features, we are talking about things that tend to go beyond traditional poker media. I felt that GM was a more inclusive title for this than editor-in-chief, which makes it sound like I'll just be reading other people's stuff all day, which I'll still be doing a lot for sure. Now, I think what that really means, by the way, is that he doesn't own it. He didn't, he's not the one who purchased it from the snake. I think that uh, Tobias and Matt here went and uh, handed the snake some money, and he's, he gave up quad jacks, and then they brought on Marco for a percentage. Like, you know, Tobias, I'm just making this up, but Tobias and Matt each own 40%, and they gave, Z- they gave, not Z- they gave uh, Marco 20% so he can provide the content. So I'm just making up these numbers, but I bet it was something like that, and that's why he's general manager instead of owner. I bet he didn't invest it's anything. It's probably a good guess. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I, could, I guess you could say that, quote, things are going to be different around here and all that, but the last thing I want to do is spend the next month just talking about it. The website is still under redevelopment, but we did not want to wait any longer to go live again and start putting out stuff. There's a lot of work to be done, and we're very eager to do it. I'm committing to keeping you guys informed of what we're doing every step of the way, but for now, I'm going to throw it over to my newest teammates, both of whom I couldn't be prouder to work with. Or rather, both of whom I could not be prouder to work. Does he really need the grammatical correction there? Does that sound right? Both of whom with, I couldn't he, be prouder he, to... working them? <laughs> oh, God damn it! I like him. Marco Valerio, oh, wow. quad, Marco at quadjacks.com. And then, wait, we have a statement from Tobias Block. He's got kind of a funny picture, too. Like, it's, there's nothing wrong with the way Tobias Block looks, but, like, the picture's just kind of weird. Can you uh, link that in the chat room? Yeah, yeah. He, the, the picture of Tobias Block, he kind of looks like he's laughing. He kind of looks like he's giggling <laughs> for, for Fluffer. He's like, this is all bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Here, I just, I just put the link in the chat room. So uh, let's, let's see what Tobias Block has to say. Hello, everyone. I'm glad and proud to announce that I have joined the Quadjax team. I like how it's like... What's funny here is this is being done like it's in a speech format in front of a, a crowd of people, like the press. Like, okay, I'm going to turn this over to Tobias now. Hello, everyone, I'm Tobias. Like, this is in written form. You don't need to do that. You, you don't turn the floor over to someone when you're writing. But anyway, I'm glad and proud to announce that I've joined the quadjacks.com team. I'm very excited by the site's new concept, and I've been a big fan of Marco since my days in Germany. Working with him now seems like a childhood dream come true. (laughs) Marco's pays me 50 bucks each time I say that, of course. You may have seen me at the World Series of Poker before, roving around doing interviews for PokerStrategy.com. Ah, okay, so Tobias Block is one of those Poker Strategy guys from from Germany. I produced several several audio interviews with some of the world's best and most famous players, too. It does look very European, that picture, doesn't it? Like, the, the pose that Tobias is doing in that picture, I bet... Yeah, they all do look rather European, and if I may say so, a little gay. I don't, I, I'm sorry, I hate to stereotype. <laughs> it, is tr- it is hard to tell gay guys in Europe, because they all look the same. Like, you say, oh, this guy's got to be gay, and you're like, no, 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 he's just European. This is true. If we're judging through an American lens, uh, it's yeah. hard to tell. Yeah, so... Um, 
I will keep doing this for the most part, and will do my best to produce high-quality content for you guys, but now at Quad Jacks. The team is just beginning of evolving. It's our duty to keep up with the good tradition of Quad Jacks to present community-minded news for poker players all over the world. In addition, we are looking... That we're working on great new content and many thrilling features, blah, blah, blah. I don't feel like reading the rest. Let's go to Matt Coffin. Is this, I just, am I the only one who feels like this just smacks of complete bullshit? Yeah, this is very, uh, like, forced speech sort of thing. Uh, Matt Kaufman. Now, he's short and sweet here. I can read his whole thing because it's only got, like, four sentences. Hi, guys. There's a picture of Matt Kaufman. I don't even understand this picture of him. It's like... What what is he standing in front of? It looks like all kinds of weird colors. <laughs> Where is he? It looks like he's standing in front of like a Salvador Dali painting. I don't get this. It's a really weird background. I don't get this. So yeah, it kind of looks like he's on the side. It looks like a an, a weird psychedelic psychedelic airplane is crashed next to him. It's it's really strange. <laughs> it's it's really strange this background. I've never seen a background like this. Yeah, okay. it almost looks photoshopped to me. Like there's some. Blocking yeah, it does. It, that blue it, thing on the left? It does look like they just, uh, I think that's like a plant. It does look like they just grabbed a picture of him in a suit and then just plopped it in front of like the weirdest and, background yeah, they could find. Yeah, kind of like three different things. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's like, like, let's find the weirdest background ever and Photoshop you in front of it. So, hi guys, I'm Matt Kaufman. It doesn't matter, Jeff, because he's got a winning smile. He does. Hi, hi guys, I'm Matt Kaufman, formerly of several different poker media and affiliate websites. That's impressive. I'm the other guy involved in this. Most of what I'll be doing is writing columns, frequently including my opinions. Okay. If you're familiar with my work or the other outlets, you already know I'm not one to shy away from a controversial story or a controversial Photoshop. No, you didn't say that last part. I intend upon keeping that that way. Marco and Toby. Toby. T-O-B-I with an I. Now that's kind of gay. We we lost vowels, by the way, too. I don't know what happened to vowels. I, th- I hope her battery didn't run out. Marco and Toby have already mentioned most of what you guys need to know about the return of Quad Jacks, but I'd like to add one more thing. This is going to be fun. Best Matt. So, kind of uh, underwhelming uh, statements here, but nonetheless, those are the statements of the new Quad Jacks. But I do have to. Congratulate them for dumping the snake in the grass and uh, purchasing Quad Jacks and kind of just expelling him from the poker world and doing their own thing. So uh, as kind of generic and uh, stupid as these opening statements are, I look forward to see what uh, Quad Jacks can provide. The key word here is stupid. (laughs) Can provide the poker community. And uh, I I do like Marco's interviews, and this is well-timed in that the World Series is only a little bit more than a month away. So I will look forward to seeing Marco doing his interviews around the World Series hallway. And I hope they can and do we'll some good things. I'll look it. forward to Matt Kaufman's columns. Yes. <laughs> I want to see him. <laughs> I, you know what? This should be the, a new thing they do. If, if Marco is listening to this or if Matt is listening to this, this is my suggestion. I'm, I'm giving you this for free. Okay? I would suggest that Matt make a gimmick out of Photoshopping that same picture in front of, like, the most <laughs> ridiculous location. So, like, like, 
Photoshop himself uh, in front of like uh, the pyramids, or Photoshop himself uh, in front of an orgy, or Photoshop himself. I'm pretty sure that I should take this picture and do some very interesting photoshops with it, just for the laugh. <laughs> just put himself in the in the weirdest <laughs> spots he could think of, and, and then just like and then, but then take the Photoshop and just use it normally, like his picture that goes along with the article. Like, like there's nothing interesting about it. Like uh, you know. My opinion of uh, the first week of the World Series, and then just like plop a picture of him like sitting in front of an orgy with that picture, like that, like <laughs> act, like, like act like there's nothing big about that, and just like every week do a new weird background, like that's that's what I would do. Oh, if I were Matt Kaufman, some good ideas. Yeah, I think that would really make the site take off. Like everyone will want to read Matt's columns just to see what, what the news yeah, is. Yeah, where yeah. he's going, where he's going to be next. Instead of uh, where, where in the world is Carmen San Diego, it's where in the world is Matt Kaufman. <laughs> Right, uh, Matt. Uh, give me a little uh, a little PM on uh, PSA, and we'll we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should hire Val's career for you after all. Yeah, give her like one percent ownership, and then let her do the uh, the photoshopping. <laughs> J- just of Matt, though, she doesn't have to Photoshop anything else. Just just once a week, a different picture of Matt with that exact same smile, exact, exact same picture, yeah. just in front of different backgrounds. Okay, so. Uh, um, Someone's asking about Asian Spa, and Asian Spa has been hassling Zach for the longest time on Twitter. And Zach is actually getting like really mad uh, that he's been tweeting over the last few months, including recently at uh, Asian Spa, saying, "Come on, man, why don't you meet me sometime? Why, why don't you go go out for a beer with me and say this shit to my face?" Like he was, he, he's really getting rattled by Asian Spa. So I have to give Asian Spa props for getting into uh, Zach's head. But uh, the reason I'm mentioning this is not just because of Quad Jacks, but also it leads me into something else that was on our agenda. And that is the patch I'm going to wear. I'm not going to be wearing a patch. This is a voluntary patch I'm not getting paid for. Nothing to do with PFA. I'm not going to be wearing a PPA patch. I'm not going to be wearing a bad beat on cancer patch. I'm not going to be wearing any of these charity sorts of patches. I'm going to be wearing a Team Spa patch. And a Team Spa patch, and I'm not sure how he's going to get it to me since he still won't meet me. But uh, this is Team Spa are people that Asian Spa tweets to and supports. And I'm one of them. I've been on Team Spa for a long time. And he asked me if uh, after the years of support, and he listens to this radio show, he listens to every single episode of this show, Asian Spa asked if I would wear a Team Spa patch for one of the events I'm playing. And I said, fine. Find a way to get me the Team Spa patch, and I will wear it. So I'm actually going to wear a Team Spa patch. Why won't Asian Spa ever call in? He did call into the Donk Down show using a voice changer, and I think he once even called into Quad Jacks when he was on good terms with them uh, and used his real voice. Um, what I've always guessed about Asian Spa is that he's no one famous, that he's just like a two-five no-limit grinder, just some kid who's like thirty years old or so in poker. I'm just guessing the thirty years old part. I'm guessing he's around that age, a Vegas local, uh, someone who plays like low to mid-limit no-limit hold'em, and has a lot of opinions about the poker community and kind of made a name for himself this way instead of just like you know John Smith, the nobody poker player, tweeting about something which nobody would ever retweet. 
you have this Asian Spock character, which he created, that's a lot more interesting. But he must believe that his voice is easily recognizable. Well, but then, then he did an interview somewhere else where he let people hear it. So I think he was being overly paranoid before, maybe just worried that people who play with him in Vegas will hear it and then kind of realize, nah, nobody knows me anyway. So uh, I would love to have him call into the show again. And I would love to have him introduce himself. Like, we've made jokes in the past like we've met. Like, he, he would tweet out during the World Series, oh, you know, cool meeting you during today's break or whatever. But uh, And I'd go along with it for a little bit. But the truth is, I've never met him. And I have gotten weird tweets from him. Like, one time I got a tweet from him, put down your phone and sit back down and play. And I actually had just stood up to take a phone call from Ken Scaler during an event, like, while I wasn't playing the hand. And he tweeted that at me, like, like two minutes later. So I'm, like, looking around, like, who's watching the event, and I couldn't find anyone that was just watching. And I couldn't imagine he, he was couldn't playing. couldn't figure out who he was. It's very mysterious. Yeah, and I didn't think he was playing the event because it was like 3,000 limit hold'em or something. Something I didn't expect him to be playing. So, who knows? Uh, I was even accused of being him for a while, as was Mike on, as were many other people. But, uh, no, he's not me. But, Asian Spa, if you would like to come and introduce yourself to me at the World Series, I promise not to tell anyone who you are. I really make this promise that I will never reveal who you are if you reveal yourself to me. So that's my promise to you, Asian Spot, but I will either way wear the Team Spot patch to uh, support the tweeting that you do and the character that you've created that I find amusing. So that is a patch I will wear for one day. I'll probably find some sort of... Uh, I always say I'll do this and then it starts to get too late and I'm like, oh crap, it's kind of too late to do this, but I'll try to get some sort of PFA shirt made and wear that at the World Series. Now, I'm only playing eight events this year, so it's a lot less of a schedule for me. How is the patch being delivered to you? I haven't heard that yet. He has not told me. I asked him that. I said, how are you going to get it to me? Yeah, because that that might give us some clue to his identity. I think he's going to mail it to me, and all I'll see is Las Vegas, Nevada. With no return address? Yeah, with no return address, and... Just Las Vegas, Nevada postmark, which means nothing. So, but I'll wear it. Anyway, uh, that's that's the that's the patch I'll be wearing, the Asian Spa Team Spa patch. And here I thought it was some notable charity. Yeah, I know. I could tell you're like, oh, that's nice. I'm like, no, wait till you hear it. You won't say that. So, that's the story with that. Now, uh, something that's not so nice is the story of the. World Sports Exchange, WSEX, it's gone. It, uh, and they, right. They're likely not going to pay anybody. And so is Steve Schillinger. He's yeah. gone as well. Yes. So this, this is what happened, and it's a rapidly developing story here. Let me go to the, uh, the thread about this. Um, basically, the owner of uh, the World Sports Exchange has killed himself on Saturday. And this is very shortly well, after... Well, we don't know that he's killed himself. Yeah, well, uh, supposedly killed life. himself. And this is shortly after he announced that... Uh, I don't know if it was he personally announced, but uh, it was announced that uh, WSEX cannot pay anyone what they owe. And they basically haven't paid anyone in two years. Here's the uh, story on CalvinAir.com. This is not written by Calvin Air. It's written by one of the writers there. April 19th. 2013, 
In one of the least surprising notices of 2013, troubled online bookmaker World Sports Exchange has shut down. A notice posted to WSX.com on Friday claimed the site had been forced to halt business activities at this time due to inadequate capital resources. And they spelled capital with O-L, by the way. Uh, the notice goes on. <laughs> so I guess they don't have enough resources okay. from the, uh, the, the the United States Capitol. Uh, yeah, the, the notice goes on to say that the financial position of the company is currently under review. I don't know what they're reviewing other than their bank account saying zero. And the players will be kept informed as to WSX's future plans, meaning not paying anyone, as well as the repayment or transfer of your balances, as in never happening. The notice signed, quote, WSX management closes by saying, we sincerely, S-I-N-C-E-R-L-Y, apologize oh for this God. unfortunate situation. The fact that management couldn't publish <laughs> 73... This is, what, this is what they wrote here on uh, CalvinAero.com. Uh, the fact that oh the management couldn't publish 73 words without making two typos is indicative of the <laughs> lackadaisical approach to customer service. W- the fact has, that they owe more than $1 million to their customers. Yeah. <laughs> To customer service, WSX has adopted over the past few years. That said, the original notice said the company, quote, sinisterly apologized, which was perhaps. Sinisterly, that's not even a word. (laughs) Which was perhaps too Freudian a slip to remain online for long, even for WSX. So I guess instead of sincerely. Did they spell Freudian correctly? Well, no, no. This is the story from. from, CalvinAir.com about WSEX misspelling everything. I so, see. So, okay. so I guess WSEX said we sinisterly apologize, and then like, oh crap, that looks bad, <laughs> and, they ch- and then they changed it to sincerely. <laughs> I like sinisterly. I guess wow. that's that's more accurate. They should have left that left that up there. We're sinisterly a apologizing for our sinister behavior that took your money. Uh, WSEX was one of the first sports books that starts offering services online back in the 1990s, but everything went south after the site's early success imbounded, uh, imbued CEO Jay Cohen with so much uh, hubri that he voluntarily returned to the United States to, file, to fight federal charges related to WSEX's dealings with U.S. punters. That's, that, it's true. This guy actually went back to the U.S. to stupidly face charges instead of just staying in Antigua. This Jay Cohen. Uh, to the surprise of absolutely no one except Cohen, he was convicted and served 17 months in federal prison. However, Cohen's stint in stripes did little to dent his misguided sense of in- invincibility, as he was soon boasting to CNBC reporters that he was still actively involved in WSEX operations despite his parole conditions forbidding such activity. So that's how stupid this guy is. He comes back to the U.S. to fight charges against him instead of just avoiding them and staying in Antigua. Gets sentenced to 17 months in prison. And then he gets out, and, and then brags he's still doing it. Like, what was the whole point? Even though his parole said he can't do it. So, like, what, why like ever come back in the first place? Did he just want to try out federal prison? It was weird. Anyway, in recent years, you couldn't swing a dead cat in an online betting forum without hitting someone complaining about WSEX taking up to 18 months to process withdrawals or simply ignoring such requests altogether. It's difficult to tell exactly what WSEX's review of its financial position will conclude beyond we're broke. Given the backing of unpaid punters, the likelihood of any sportsbook coming to WSEX's rescue, such as the situation involving recently indicted Legend Sports, is a dubious proposition. The only likely positive to come from WSEX admitting the jig is up will be the same kind of relief one feels when a comatose patient is removed from life support. It should have happened years ago. So the, this editorial saying it's the only good thing about them admitting that they're broke is just, you know for sure you're never getting paid. It's, it's just put out of its misery. Uh, now, WSEX did take deposits for the last two years while basically paying no one. 
which is really shitty to do. Uh, and that's what Full Tilt was doing, too. Uh, th- a lot of these sites do this when they run out of money and they can't pay their withdrawals, and they're like, crap, everyone wants to withdraw money, but we don't have any money to pay them. You know, Their, their balance on the site says they have $10,000, $20,000, $100,000, but we don't have their money. We can write whatever number we want on their screen, but when they want to come collect that money, we can't pay them. So what do we do? Well, the only way out of this one is to collect deposits from people while still pretending you have the money and blaming the slow withdrawals on other factors and then hope you get enough deposits to where you can then give the deposit money that you just got over to the people withdrawing. The classic case of robbing Peter to pay Paul. When in reality, you should absolutely, positively never touch player funds. Never. Full Tilt shouldn't have done it. UB shouldn't have done it. Of course, they do plenty of things they shouldn't have done. And, uh, of course, WSEC shouldn't have done it. Now, there was a mitigating factor in the WSEC situation. There was a, uh, a criminal who uh, may have stolen all or most of their money, in which case they may not have intentionally stolen the money like Full Tilt did, but more uh, did something dumb and uh, allowed their money to get stolen. There was a guy named Alan Stanford. He ran a bank for a while in Antigua. He's currently serving a very long sentence in the United States of 110 years for running a big-time Ponzi scheme and scam. Uh, This is about Alan Stanford. Um, Remember, he ran a bank in Antigua. He even bought his own island for $63 million dollars. But it was all based on lies. His company, the Stanford Financial Group, made its name selling what's usually a safe bet for investors, certificates of deposit. He claimed the CDs came from his offshore bank on the island of Antigua, and because of that, the company offered return rates higher than those in the U.S. When the lies grew too big and the money supply dried out, he was convicted of running an international $7 billion Ponzi scheme and serving a 110-year sentence in federal prison He left a trail of some 20,000 burned investors, many of whom now live in financial ruin. So people deposited to his bank. They thought they had CDs there. Uh, He was paying a higher interest rate, saying we can do this because we're in Antigua, and for whatever reason, uh, we can pay higher rates here. People were greedy and got these high-interest CDs, and he just took all the money and spent it. Now listen to this uh, little news report from CNBC. This is a little bit about Alan Stanford, and I'll, I'll explain how this ties back into WSEX in a second, but to listen to what he did with some of the money. There's a two-minute report. Alan Stanford's former right-hand man, Jim Davis, is cooperating with the Department of Justice, providing a window into one of the biggest frauds in history. In 2009, Davis tells former prosecutor Paul Pelletier that in Antigua, Stanford could do whatever he wanted. In a shocking revelation, Davis says Stanford bribed the chief banking regulator of the island and used a bizarre ritual to close the deal. They sealed this bribery scheme with a blood oath and that each of them cut their fingers and mixed their blood um, at the time they arranged the deal to, uh, to engage in this bribery scheme and that they were now blood brothers so they could never violate that oath by exposing this bribery scheme to anyone. And with the bank's regulator looking the other way, 
Pelletier says Alan Stanford had no constraints. He siphoned investor money into his own personal Swiss bank accounts. The amount of money that he spent through these slush funds was astronomical, but nobody knew that he was doing it. To cite one egregious case, Stanford spends $12 million of investor money lengthening his yacht, the Sea Eagle, by just six feet. To top it off, the renovation actually diminishes the value of the boat. The fact that a person would use investor money to increase the size of a yacht by six feet speaks volumes as to where his head is at in terms of whether or not he really cares about the investors. But sadly, the $12 million spent on the Sea Eagle is a speed bump compared to the Mount Everest of theft Pelletier will eventually uncover. What we learned is that ultimately he was siphoning off money in loans from to himself that he would remove from the depositors' CD holdings. And these loans ultimately amounted to approximately $2 billion, which were never revealed to investors. Okay, so that was the story of... Uh... Sorry about that. Try that again. So that was a story from uh, CNBC about this Alan Stanford... Astounding revelation. Yes. <laughs> so this... So, I mean, that's a pretty unbelievable story that... Uh, $7 billion was stolen through this yeah. uh, fake bank, or I guess real bank that was stealing, people, stealing people's money in Antigua, and he bribed the uh, regulator over there. But um, uh, the most egregious of, of expenditures was a $12 million expenditure to make his yacht six feet longer. How could that possibly cost $12 million? Did he hire, like, the most expensive contractor in the world? It's, it's crazy. Well... I mean, and can you even take an existing yacht and make it longer? I mean, why wouldn't you just buy a new one? I, I, I don't know much about yachts. So I don't I'm either. Not sure. But, uh, yeah, just whenever he wanted money for anything, he just took it out of that bank, and uh, then it was all broke. And so in 2009, this all came crashing down. And, uh, you know, what, the reason this is being mentioned here is because supposedly WSEX kept a lot of its money in this stupid bank. So that's where a lot of the money that WSEX depositors had went. So on one hand, you can say, well, at least they weren't trying to steal people's money. They just put it in a stupid bank, and it was run by a scammer, and the scammer took it. But at the same time, it should have been clear that uh, this was a little bit risky that this weird bank that's offering the higher interest rate, I mean it's one thing to get suckers who are greedy to do this, but when you're running uh, a site that's holding other people's money, you'd think you'd put it in a safer place rather than a place that makes a little bit more interest, but uh, that that's supposedly what happened to WSEX and, and what really plunged them into ruin, I don't know if that's uh, the whole story just as like with Full Tilt, they really did have uh, payment processing issues, but that's not the whole reason that uh, they had their problems. So sometimes there's a lot more to the story, and that's just one aspect of it. But um, that was part of it. Now, the rest of the But sto- what about the other founders? Do they still have access to player funds? It's not clear. I think the player funds are just gone. So yes, they. I, I, it's not clear what they have access to, but uh, one of the founders is dead. 
as as has already been mentioned. Um, let me uh, let me go to that story. Um, where did that go? Here we go. The uh, the founder of of W Sex actually killed himself. He shot himself. Supposedly, he is dead. It's just a matter of who killed him, whether it's him or someone Maybe else. Maybe they shot him, Jeff, so that they could take off with the money. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the perfect crime. Shoot the one guy who doesn't want every, he wants to pay everyone, and then run off and say the company's broke. Anyway, well, it would make sense if he wasn't, uh, you know, if he wasn't cooperating and he wanted to pay, and they wanted to abscond with the money. The the right thing to do would be to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way your mind works. So, okay, uh, Steve Steve Schillinger is his name. And here's a story about him supposedly killing himself on Saturday. Antigua St. John's. The founder of the company World Sports Exchange, Steve Schillinger, committed suicide late on Saturday. The company he founded was forced to shut down last week as it was insolvent. Schillinger shot himself in the head it has not been confirmed if the co-founders Hayden Ware and Jay Cohen still had access to player funds, to answer Val's question. The Antigua-based online gaming company has reportedly been slow-paying slow paying players for well over a year now. Last week, the company announced they no longer had the ability to pay despite that they had continued to accept new players over the past two years. Antigua removed World Sports Exchange's license in 2010, where the company had operated out of since 1996. Some 300k was reportedly owed to members of at least one posting forum community as late as January 2011. That's just members of one community, not all their players. <clears throat> I'd be very curious to know if the other two founders were not being held in uh, suspicion of murder. Yeah. The three arrived within a few weeks of each other in late 96, armed with gambling software and a computer programmer. At the time, there were only a couple of gambling companies operating. They launched in November 96. Cohen worked on advertising and promotion. Schillinger and Ware concentrated on setting odds and explaining their system to new customers over the phone. We were trying to do a whole new thing where you could bet on these games during the games. We were combing the stock market with sports gambling. Or combining the, the stock market with sports gambling. That's what Schillinger said at the time. Uh, Hayden, where Steve Schillinger became U.S. fugitives with the risk of arrest if they set foot on U.S. soil. In 1998, Schillinger was one of 22 offshore gambling operators charged by a U.S. attorney in New York with violating the 1961 Wire Act. Cohen was convicted, but Schillinger still didn't appear for trial and met his two children who lived in the U.S. outside the country. Despite the legal heat, Schillinger was unfazed at the time, stating that his refusal to stand trial was because he hadn't violated any American law since the betting took place in Antigua. Uh, Daddy, where does all our money come from? <laughs> well, it's interesting. How does that conversation it's, go? <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned that because this is why I believe it was a suicide. This is why, uh, even though you yeah, think that okay. Jay Cohen and friends murdered him, and even though others think that uh, he was murdered for a different reason, this is why I think he really committed suicide. Uh, Basically, the jig was up. Uh, when WSX closes down and admits on their site, hey, we're done, we're not paying anyone, we're fucked, um, don't deposit here, we have no money. It's over. There's no more robbing Peter to pay Paul. It's giving up, it's throwing in the towel. Now, what did he have to live for at this point? His family was not with him all these years. All these years, he had to stay in Antigua. Now, why he didn't move them there, I don't know. Maybe he was estranged from his wife and she didn't want to come to Antigua. But um, I, I'm guessing that's probably what it was. But whatever, 
he probably got to meet his kids once, which has got to be brutal. Like, you know you have kids. You want to spend time with them, but you can't because your ex-wife will not leave the U.S. and you can't come to the U.S. So you're stuck away from your kids. You know if you try to come see your kids and be with them, you'll be arrested and you know spend God knows how long in prison. And so you're stuck in Antigua and you're like, well, okay, at least I have a ton of money and a successful business. So even though it sucks what happened with my family, at least I have this. Well, now you don't anymore. Now that's gone too. Now you have no money. Right, right. Now, now your business is gone. Your business is never coming back. What do you have anymore? You can't even you can't even go back yeah. to the U.S. at this point and say, okay, U.S., I'm not going to run the gambling side anymore. Let me off. Like, like you're stuck. Now you still can't go back to the U.S. And it's like, so I have a feeling this guy's like, oh my god, I have nothing left. It's over. Yeah. yeah what am I living for bad. now? I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good theory. But I mean, the theory of him being murdered by the other two founders is also viable. Yeah, or because that he did other shady. Probably a lot of money up for grabs. Right, or he did other shady things like borrowed money from people in Antigua and didn't pay them. Like who knows? Like it could. Yes, it could have been a murder where he was involved with other shady stuff, and one of those things came back to bite him. So, uh, like for example, this has nothing to do with this situation I'm talking about. But there was a poker player. I think his name was Paul Horn. Um, I played with him once, and he he was a big fish, but he was really really obnoxious, really really shady character. Really unpleasant to have at the table, except I tolerated it because he was terrible, and he played high stakes. But I was not surprised a few years later when I found an article that he had been murdered in his home. That someone just came in there and shot him, because I knew this is the type yeah. of guy who would involve himself in situations and with people that would do such a thing. So it's like, so it doesn't surprise me that this Schillinger would have been murdered. But it also does not surprise me that he would have killed himself once he had nothing left. Once the one thing he still had in his life that was good was gone. And it's hardest to live with being broke when you were once very rich. It's a lot easier if you're used to it. If you've always had very little money in your life, then that's all that you're used to. And uh, it's not nearly as depressing not to have that much as it is if you had a fortune and now you're broke and you don't have much of a way to get that money back ever again. So I think uh, the Schillinger guy was looking at that saying, I was on top and now I'm just at rock bottom. I have nothing anymore. So he killed himself, supposedly, and um, WSX had gone. WSX at one point charged no rake. Uh, they they had some other model. I think you paid a monthly fee to play on there or something. But uh, apparently the games were really good there at one point. I never played on the WSX Poker Room, but this was one of those like hidden gem spots for a while, where the games were really good and it didn't have many players. And I used to love sites like that. Just out of curiosity, if anyone on the chat room has uh, won any money there, I'd like to know your experience. Yeah, they probably had a good experience. I heard before two thousand nine that they paid very quickly. And uh, I know someone, uh, a friend of mine, who played on there a lot and who would not tell me where they played. They say they have, they have a secret site where they play and the games are really good and the site pays well. This is a few years ago. This is not recently. But that they won't tell me because they don't want me showing up there and taking some of their profits. Which I, you know, I didn't blame them because if it was reversed, I wouldn't want to tell this person either to come to my site and play. So, like, when you would find one of these, like, gem-off-the-beaten-path poker sites, which is full of fish and hardly any good players, 
the last thing you want to do is tell your friends who are good players to show up there and take some of the money that you would otherwise win. Like, right. like I used to, like on the boss media network in 2005, um, it used to be like that there where it was just tons of big fish and hardly any good players. And, uh, I made a promise to myself, I'm going to tell absolutely no one about this. And I didn't, yeah. I kept my mouth shut because it, it, all it would take like five dedicated, uh, limit hold'em grinders to come there and ruin the whole thing. So I told no one a- anyway, uh, but world, Poker exchange apparently was like that for some time, and, and they did pay people quickly. But uh, I, I guess the catalyst to them not paying quickly was this whole scandal with that bank where they lost their money. But I have to think that uh, much like Full Tilt, they probably didn't leave themselves a lot of room for error, and that's where a lot of these business businesses make a mistake, in that they spend every bit of profit that they have coming in. Assuming that they will continue to be as profitable, you know, every day, looking forward, and then when something happens that's out of the ordinary, that costs them a lot of money, then they go to pieces and they don't know how to handle it. So uh, I, I I imagine that it's very possible that this bank just took untold millions of dollars from them that they were holding of player funds. But I have a feeling that the ownership chose to use the Rob Peter to pay Paul method to get back on their feet, which is what they did for the last two years, rather than uh, selling some of their own assets to get everything back, which is the right thing to do. When you chose to put your money in some shady bank for higher interest, and then that bank screws you, yes, the bank is the thief. Yes, it's not directly your fault, but it's indirectly your fault because you were guarding the player money and you let it be stolen. So then it's up to you to cover this at your own expense. You can't uh, expect other players to deposit and pretend like you still have that money and use that money to steal from the new players to pay the old players who want to withdraw, which is what they were doing. And at the very least, if you say, hey, it's not my responsibility, then immediately shut down and say, okay, I'm sorry, guys, this bank stole your money. Take it up with them. You know, But if we don't ever get the money back, we're done. We're not taking any more deposits because we don't have the ability to pay out. At least be honest then, which I still don't think is the right approach if you have the money of your own to cover it. But the approach you should never take is just keep taking deposits, pretending like everything's okay, hoping it all balances out in the long run. Because that's stealing. You're, you're taking people's money under false pretenses. When they deposit to your site, they are believing they can withdraw this money at any time. They believe that you are currently holding all the money on deposit for you, you know, that you're holding their money and all the other players' money for whenever they want it. Not that you're just representing to people that the money exists when it doesn't and that you're hoping you'll make enough money in the future to where you can eventually pay everyone. When you get people to deposit under those circumstances, you were lying to them. And that's what WSEX did. So even if they were victims of this guy, of this uh, Stanton guy, which I, or Stanford guy, which I, I believe they were, it's still wrong. So. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, it, a recipe for disaster, and I think we've seen a couple of businesses go completely under, but somebody does walk away with the money. And the question is, in this case, who really... Who came out on top? Well, it sounds like this... Uh, well, a few people. Uh, first of all, 
It sounds like this Alan Stanford did if he stole all the money from uh, the bank. Uh, not just their money, but $7 billion. Uh, though it is true that uh, I guess he's not on top anymore, at least uh, not in the financial sense, maybe in the sexual sense. <laughs> Uh, because he's he's in prison for 110 years, but um, as far as everybody as far as everybody else, uh, I don't know how much money Jay Cohen ended up getting out of this whole thing, and how much the the other guy. Um, obviously, Steve Schillinger's not on top anymore. He's six feet under. He's not even on top of the ground. Uh, I, I have to imagine though that they did make a lot of money between the mid 90s and 2009 when the money was stolen. And that, as I said, the right thing to do was to take that money that they still had, if they still had it, and put it back into the company to make everything right. But either they were too selfish to, or they had blown all their money to where they just didn't have it anymore. It's amazing how many people will just blow their money on stupid shit, thinking that whatever they're making right now will be what they make for the rest of their lives. It just uh, it boggles my mind to watch how some people spend their money. And this applies to poker players, this applies to athletes, this applies to uh, people who own these uh, all-of-a-sudden successful businesses. They just, they have no concept for the future. They think that uh, the good times are just going to continue forever. And uh, it amazes me that people who are smart enough to get in these positions in the first place are so reckless once they're there. But that's... uh, that's how it happens. So, uh, Beebs asked in the chat, "What is this W sex? Is that porn or poker?" <laughs> <laughs> so a- anyway, uh, that's what happened to W sex, and uh, be interesting to hear what comes out next. Maybe we will hear a story soon that Jake Cohen was arrested for murder. <laughs> the vowels will be vindicated. That her theory was correct. So, uh, I... I, Look for that story. But who knows, it's Antigua, so I don't know what kind of investigation they'll do over there. In these third world countries like that, they they really don't have a very efficient or uh, aggressive or knowledgeable police force, typically. So, these type of crimes often completely go unsolved. In fact, uh, this was kind of exposed in that whole... Aruba mess with Natalie Holloway when she disappeared because right, uh, right. they were totally not prepared to deal with that over there and there was so much scrutiny from the US and around the world on the Antigua police and they just blew everything like they just and, and eventually the the one who did it uh, Joran Vandersloot went on to another country and murdered another girl so right uh, I mean they, they they screwed that up big time there where if this happened in the US I'm sure Vandersloot would have gone to jail and been sentenced and been off the streets forever maybe even gotten the death penalty but uh, in Antigua they, they if were you just you want to get away with egregious crimes just uh, move overseas it's funny you mentioned that because uh, in Aruba and this of course was after Natalie Holloway had disappeared I was in Aruba the one time uh, it was right after the AP scandal was breaking. Um, I posted about a possible super user on AP in mid-September of 2007. In mid-October of 2007, I was in Aruba as a UB-sponsored player in a tournament there. And while I was asking questions about it, I, just, I at first my plan was to like find every person who was there that was high up in UB 
and just really raise hell until they give me answers. And I'm like, wait a minute. UB has a pretty big presence here and has for a while in Aruba, and they have a lot of money. And I'm here in a foreign country where the police force is terrible. <laughs> Do I really want to press them all while I'm here on Aruba <laughs> soils? I, I decided not to. As one case, like like I wasn't scared to go on 60 Minutes and talk about them. I wasn't scared to go on CNBC. I, I wasn't scared just recently to record the thing for that uh, Runner Runner DVD that's going to come out in uh, 2014. I, I'm I'm never afraid to state my opinion about these things or hold people's feet to the fire for doing shady things, but. I, I was afraid to make too much noise about this in Aruba, knowing that I was in a foreign country where UB had a lot of influence, a lot of money, and uh, knowing how bad the police force is there and uh, how corrupt things might be. So I, I chose not to make much of a ruckus about that until I got home. So, anyway. Um, let me talk a little bit about another shady site that hasn't gone down yet, but I believe is also broke. And probably will be ah, going lock the, the way of uh, WSX. Yes, lock poker. In fact, we have a, a few sites to talk about uh, in this way on this show. Lock poker, I talk about just about every week with a new dishonest or shady thing they're doing. Now they are hosting their own tournaments. And you're thinking, oh, that's nice. It's nice of them to run more tournaments and host their own tournaments. Well, no, it's really not very nice. I'll explain why. Uh, Lock Poker is doing everything they can to segregate their own players on the Revolution Network, which is what they're part of. They actually own the Revolution Network, but they don't own each skin on the Revolution Network. They, they do all they can now to keep players on their skin, on Lock Poker, from losing money to players on other skins. The reason they do that is because if players on other skins beat the players on Lock Poker overall every month then they owe money to those skins. And if they can't pay the skins, then the skins might make some noise about it, and it'll make Lock look really, really bad. We already had one skin go down called Adam and Eve Poker, and uh, they weren't U.S.-facing, but they, they went down because Lock didn't pay them for like six months. So No relation to the sex toy site. No, no. I think it was like a Russian site. but uh, Just on behalf of these, I had to mention that. Yes, of course. So... Uh, Here's an here's an article about this from Gambling911, which I usually don't like very much because Gambling911 is kind of like a tabloid site, but not even like a good tabloid site that posts a lot of good gossip. Gambling911, you never know what to believe because it's a mixture of actual gossip that's true, things that are completely wrong or where the details are so far off that uh, the story is completely inaccurate, and puff pieces that uh, prop up sites that don't deserve it because they have a lot of affiliates over there. You know, they, they have a lot of affiliate programs and stuff running over on gambling 911. So they're often, often trying to push the online poker rooms that are paying them money and promote these as news stories. When in reality, they're just doing it to get affiliate signups. So this is something posted on uh, gambling 911 about lock pokers tournaments. Lock Poker has unveiled its own exclusive online tournament schedule due to network changes. Network changes? What? Details of these network changes were not immediately known, however. Gambling911.com has been provided with new tournament breakdown for Lock Poker, which appears below. These tournaments occur daily, Monday through Saturday. Better still, there will be a bounty on one of Lock Poker's pros in every tournament. Yeah, better still. 
So obviously this is a, po- a positive little blurb here about their they've been unveiled their own exclusive online tournament schedule, and they quickly gloss over that it's quote, due to network changes, and they don't even know what those network changes are. But uh, better still, there will be and a bounty. I, I just love the way they are throwing the word exclusive. Yes. Around. And I like better it's, still, there will be a so bounty. On, yeah, better still, there will be a bounty, too. Better still. Well, even better true. still, even if you get this bounty, even if you win the tournament, Locke probably won't pay you because they're broke. <laughs> better still, you'll never see your money again. Yeah. Better still, I hope you enjoy seeing big numbers on the screen because <laughs> that's all your money will ever be worth there. <laughs> But the network changes they're referring to are likely Locke's latest attempt to avoid having to pay any skins any money, for the reason I explained before. And this way, if they keep all their players in Locke-only tournaments, this way the winner of the tournament will never be someone from another skin. So this way you won't have mostly Locke players paying the buy-ins for the tournament, and then all the buy-in money is supposed to go to another skin. Because if that's true, then Locke is expected to pay that over to the other skin, and if they don't actually have any money to pay, then they can't. So that is the reason (laughs) I'm sure that they are doing these network changes. The network changes is to, they're they're trying to exclude as many ways as possible on the network for other skins to win Locke players' money. And you may say, oh, that's good. But it's you know, all but... good, Jeff, because according to PokerNewsBoy.com, their exclusive tournaments will have terrific structures and popular formats designed with today's poker player in mind. It's funny you <laughs> mentioned that. I haven't read that, but uh, PokerNewsBoy.com, <laughs> it's either owned by or partially owned by Poker Fraud Alert user Steve-O. And Steve-O and I have gone back and forth about various things on the site, and you know he's still a member in good standing here. But he's always been kind of a cheerleader for Lock Poker because he has these affiliate programs with them, and I think he kind of blinds himself to what's really going on there. And uh, I still don't know exactly whether he owns Poker Newsboy or works for them, but I, I really believe he owns at least part of it. Can't be sure, but I think he does. Maybe he can come and comment on it. But uh, I know Steve-O's smart enough to know what's going on over there. And Steve-O knows why they are having these lock-only tournaments and lock-only tables. Why it's just becoming so hard to play other players on the Revolution Network when you're on lock poker. That they're really trying to find every way to keep lock players playing each other so they don't owe any money to the skins. You'll say, yeah, but you know they'll still owe money to the players, sure. But they've owed money to their own players for a long time. So that's nothing new. They can stall the players. The harder thing to do is stall the other skins. Especially because if the skins don't get paid, they're going to drop off. Much like Adam and Eve did. So, it's more important to keep the skins there and to keep the skins from complaining publicly than the players. So, that's that's my very strong guess as to what's going on. Do I have absolute proof of that? No. But they are behaving exactly in the way I would expect if they're broke and trying to cover it up. So I'm trying to think. Like, so what's your prediction for the ultimate end uh, of this story? Just like WSEX, that eventually the, the jig is going right. to be up. Eventually they're going to just be completely broke and so far in the hole they'll realize there's no way out of it and just give up and say sorry and make some excuse and say well, we're going to restructure and find a way to pay everyone and then disappear. That's 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 my prediction and I think it won't even be all that long. I think like maybe in the next right. year. Right, we'll see it within the year. Yeah, so uh, I mean mm-hmm. I, I just think about it. I sometimes sit and think, okay, Let's say you drop me in charge of lock poker 
let's say you remove any moral objection I would have to doing so, because I, I wouldn't actually take this job, but let's say I was willing to suspend all of my morality, work for Lock Poker, and they say, Todd, we're broke, but you can't tell anyone we're broke. You've got to find whatever ways you can to allow us to get back on our feet, get enough deposits while people don't understand what's really going on here, and keep our money from flowing out to the skins. And if they asked me what should be done to make these things happen, I would be doing exactly what they are doing right now. I would be segregating tables. I would be stopping the good players from playing the bad players. I would be making lock-only tournaments. These are all the things I would be doing if I wanted to prevent people from figuring out that we're broke, prevent the skins from jumping ship, prevent the money from lock poker, what little we have, from being paid out to the skins. So, I mean, they're following the exact pattern I would expect. So that's why I'm pretty sure they're broke. Or very Will close we to see it. another suicide slash murder? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> maybe in a year we'll be talking about CEO Jennifer Larson has uh, shot herself in the head. Right. I, I, I don't oh know. My goodness, I, I, I don't know. Not. But yeah, I mean, this is th- this site is just so ready for a major, major scandal to happen. I mean, they've had a lot of small to medium scandals, but they're ready for a major, major scandal to occur. And when it happens, you're going to have all these people going, huh, I was kind of suspecting something like that might occur at Lock Poker. Like, I, something's going to happen. It's it's the writing's on the wall here. And uh, anybody who do works Do any of our them, regular posters have money on Lock? Yeah, yeah, some do. But uh, some feel like, you know, they've got money there, and what can they do? They can't take it off. You know, they might as well keep playing yeah. and hope they pay one day. Right. I, I will say that if somehow Locke writes the ship, they're not looking to steal right now. Um, I, I believe they're broke, but I believe that they're trying to get unbroke. I believe they're it's kind of like what Full Tilt was. Full Tilt stole the money, then, then ran into some issues. Then they had no money, and then their goal was to make enough money back to cover up the fact that they didn't have the money at all. To again rob Peter to pay Paul So I believe that's what mode Locke is in right now They're trying to get enough deposits To show enough of a profit To Replenish their bank account And make it seem like all this never happened And then just move on normally So it's not that Locke doesn't want to pay you It's not that Locke is looking to scam you directly Or steal your money They have just Well not at this point Well yeah Well they just Well They've lost the money somehow. I don't know if it's through poor management or through overcashing out by the owners. I don't know what it is. But uh, whatever it is, they did dip into player funds to where there's very few left, in my opinion. We, we do seem to see this story over and over again. It makes me wonder if it's even profitable anymore to play online at all. Well, you, you know, people have been asking this. How does this happen to WSEX? And, you know, of course, the reason it happened there partially was because of the uh, bank thing. But... How has it happened to a site like Lock Poker, which has been at least somewhat successful in getting a lot of players? Why are these sites not making money when they're raking so much? Why are these sports books always going down when sports books always have an edge over the player? Well, the reason is because, first of all, a lot of them overmarket. A lot of them spend a lot of money on various advertising or other forms of marketing feeling like they have to run at a loss like this 
but eventually all the marketing will pay off and they'll become huge and it'll take care of itself at that point. So I think a lot of them kind of borrow from player funds to do this marketing and run themselves into trouble. That's one of the ways I think it happens. Uh, another way I think it happens is that the owners cash out too much when they are making money. That they assume the money they're right. making this month will be what they make next month and the next month and the next month. And they take it and all out of themselves. Spending on crazy, crazy right. Stuff. And blow yeah. the money and then all of a sudden it's not making that anymore. And when the company has a few losing months, then they're done. Similar to someone who would be playing poker and who every time they have a winning session cashes out their winnings. Well, they're going to go bust real fast because you cash out your winnings and spend it every time you have a winning session. You're not taking into account that you're going to have losing sessions sometimes too. And your winnings... It all comes down to bankroll management. Yes, your winnings always have to be able to uh, cover your losses that will occur later because there will be losses. And that's what these sites often neglect is they think they're not gambling. They think that they are uh, guaranteed to make a big profit every month and then they run themselves into the red. So there's various ways this happens, just a lot of mismanagement. A lot of times these people with uh, who are good at marketing and good at coming up with uh, innovative business ideas are very poor with money management. And you would expect these two skills to be associated, but in many cases they're not. So, so I think Locke ran themselves into a huge debt, and now they're trying to get out of it. And they, they've never been honest about anything. I mean, even when uh, we go all the way back right. to that Jira scandal where one of their own pros blatantly, blatantly, blatantly cheated in a contest they had. And instead of catching him immediately and saying, hey, this is so obvious you're cheating, we're disqualifying you and kicking you off our site, kicking you off as a pro and giving it to the guy who was in second place. They said, oh, congratulations they to Gira. Him. Yeah, they, 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 they congratulated him and told him, great job. Yeah, sure, sure. It was a contest to whoever wins the most money, and he won it all on the last day of the month against an unknown account. Sure, that's not suspicious at all. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, like, th- there's no way they were that stupid. They they knew what was happening. They just uh, they thought it was better for their own pro to win, so they'd rather just give him the prize than uh, disqualify him and uh, not get all the great publicity. Why, why not have your own pro win rather than, you know, some grinder nobody knows? So... I mean, they've never been honest about anything. And this, so their situation with their financial stability at the moment, of course they're not going to be honest about that because as soon as they're honest, hey, we don't have any money, no one's going to deposit anymore. So very similar to the WSEC situation I was talking about, except uh, they're not quite in the WSEC predicament just yet, but they're close. So uh, moving on to the next subject, um, another site... Girl. <laughs> that, that ripped everyone off is the Grinders poker site. Now, I'm not talking about Michael Mizraki, though he shouldn't be representing lock poker. But this has nothing to do with him, this part. This is a site called Grinders, G R R R I N D R S dot com. And. <laughs> It's kind of a weird name, and it, I always think it's a mistake to come up with a site name that requires people to remember how many number of consecutive how letters. How many there R's? Are. To yeah, like, enter, like, yes, it's, it's Guru Rinders with three R's, not four R's, not five R's, not two R's. It's that's three true, R's. Yeah, so maybe that's why they failed. But anyway, uh, this was some one of those free poker sites where you you go on and you you pay a monthly fee, and then um, you accumulate points that you can turn into cash. So it's not actual gambling. It's just like a you're, you're paying a fee to just uh, play a free game, and then they give you prizes. 
So this Grinders poker site, like many of these fail sites, many of these fail free sites that charge a monthly fee, uh, screwed a lot of people and did not pay out. A player showed up from uh, Minnesota on Poker Fraud Alert this week named Big Poo. It's always hard to trust a, pl- a person with a name like that, but uh, that's his name here. And Big Poo uh, said that he oh, no, got... What was that? Oh, you may have been Winnie Maybe the Pooh. he was referring to the P O O H. I was hoping, but it didn't end with an H. It's just big, then capital P O O. So Big Pooh said, I got took for $206 plus uh, coupons. Many people I know got took. Many people who won World Series of Poker seats last year showed up in time for their own uh, on their own money and never got repaid or even got their entry. If I ever see David with a beard from Gardnerville, I'm going to punch him in the face. I guess he's the one who owns it. David with a beard that from Gardnerville. Took? Yeah. Well, the guy doesn't have the best grammar, okay. but he did get. Uh, he did get. Uh, All right. He's he did, not a genius. But he did get cheated. This big poo. Yes. I believe that. And I, <laughs> I, he posted some of the emails that came from Grinders. Now, Grinders is Guron. If if you go to Grinders.com, you'll see it's like one of these, uh, like not even a placeholder page. It's a. Let me go there. It's like a default CGI page. Yeah, default website page. It says. If you have reached this page in error, please contact the site owner, webmaster at gurrinders.com. That's never a good sign. So they're gone. Uh, they were stalling their players for months and uh, telling them to email legal.gurrinders at gmail.com. That's, that's always a bad sign when uh, you're told to contact legal.gurrinders.gmail to get your money. So, of course, uh, nobody got their money. Or most people didn't get their money. And one of the people that was promoting Grinders was a low-level attorney pro named Jason Stern, who I hadn't really heard of before. But Jason Stern was one of the people promoting it, and Grinders went down. Now, I don't know how much Jason Stern was responsible. I don't know if he owned any of Grinders or if they just paid him. But either way, you would think after this big mess... After Grinders cheated everyone, you think Jason Stern would be uh, ashamed of this and would say, I learned my lesson. I'm never involving myself again with any kind of shady poker operation, even if I need money. I may not have any money to enter poker tournaments, but I'm going to stop entering poker tournaments. I'm going to get a job. I'm just not going to join another shady site just because they're willing to pay me to represent them. But apparently, that's not what Jason Stern has decided. Because he's now already representing another site. Now, this other site hasn't cheated anyone yet, but I don't like what I'm seeing. There's a site called Infinity Poker. Now, I'm going to post a link in the chat room to an ad on a Canadian website. Let me post this here. It's a funny ad. Why isn't this working? Here we go. So, no, never mind, it didn't work. Well, just, you can find, let me go to, in fact, I'm going to go to the ad itself. Here we go. I'm going to repost this in the chat room. 
There we go. So that's the ad if you want to click on it in the chat room. But I'll read it to everybody who is not currently in the chat room listening in the archives. This is for Infinity Poker, which has everything all in place right now except something very important. Money. This is an ad on a Canadian site where I guess you uh, can post local classifieds called Kijiji. Infinity Poker, and this is Infinity with an I at the end, is seeking a strategic partner slash investor to join our team and take part in profit sharing of this lucrative, in all caps, and recession-proof $5.3 billion industry. That's in bold, by the way, the $5.3 billion. We have completed development of our proprietary groundbreaking software and are poised for our live launch within the next 30 to 45 days. This is posted on March 16th. So they should be just about ready for launch now. Thus far, we have nearly 2,000 players signed up, and World Series of Poker bracelet winner Gavin Smith is our site pro! Exclamation point. Our technology has grabbed the attention of Bloomberg Business Week, who has featured us in their January 3rd edition, and we will also be highlighted in Forbes magazine upon our launch. So like Forbes says, hey, we're not going to highlight you until you actually launch. All facets of our venture are set up and ready to go. Technology, corporate structuring, banking, etc. What we require at this time is a cash infusion to support and facilitate our launch initiative. We can offer a risk-free investment opportunity with 36-month return on investment at 273%. Listen to that again. We can offer a risk-free investment opportunity (laughs) with 36-month ROI at 273%. For more information about this wow. exciting and rare opportunity, contact Michael, and it gives a phone number. So, <laughs> so you can call this Michael, and what? Let's call him up. Well, we're going to. Don't worry. I'm, I'm going to try to call Michael in, in a few minutes here. But uh, you can call this Michael character, and you can invest in Infinity Poker with its groundbreaking software, with its two thousand players. That's uh, that's exactly what you need for a poker room. You know, who who needs millions of players when you have two thousand? And when you have uh, when you have Gavin Smith as your site pro, yeah, how can you lose? And uh, is that true? It's probably true. Gavin Smith always needs money, and <laughs> and and so, what about this Jason Stern character we just talked about? Well, I went and looked at the screenshots of Infinity Poker. First of all, this is a very generic looking online poker room. I could have played this thing in the year two thousand. And I would not have said, wow, this thing's really innovative. I, I'm not even kidding. I'm not exaggerating. This thing looks no John, more... I can swear I've seen that insignia or logo before. Yeah, even their logo it... is generic. You're right. Right. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, like their poker room, I swear if I played this thing in the year 2000, I would not have said, wow, this is so advanced. Like when I played True Poker in 2001, it had like the 3D characters and everything. I thought, wow, this is cool. These are really good graphics. This is innovative. This is not. This is just a, your very basic poker room with you know, your cards, your 10 spots at the table, your ability to put an avatar in. I mean, the, the, this has existed forever. So I don't know how they call it groundbreaking. And, <laughs> and, and so in one of their uh, sample pictures, I'm looking at a table with eight people at it, or sorry, nine people. And of the nine people, one of them is the current player. It doesn't say his name. But let me name the other eight people at the table. Crazy Angel, 
way cool. No, that's not me, by the way. Oh, that's right. You could have been Crazy <laughs> Angel. Crazy Angel has uh, the the third most money on the table, too. Maybe you wish it was you. Crazy Angel. I do. Way cool. Who isn't that cool because he's sitting out? Daniel. WSOP for me. Uh, Cacklag. I don't know what that would be. Vorwell. Elite Elf. Must be a Lord of the Rings fan. And then Jason Stern. So Jason Stern is in one of the sample shots. They don't say he's going to be one of the pros, but I don't think it's a coincidence that with all these like generic screen names like Crazy Angel and WSOP for me, there's a Jason Stern at the table holding cards. So I don't think this was on purpose. I think I, I think they would have promoted Jason Stern had they meant to do this, but they must have gotten him to jump aboard. And it looks like he went from one fail project to another. So it looks like Jason Stern will just like represent whoever, and not care if they're ripping everyone off or, or how stable they are. I don't I don't necessarily think he's a scammer. I don't know much about him, but I I know he's, yeah, he's defi- going to go with the money. Yeah, he's definitely not making the best choices of who he's representing. So this is already looking like a fail site. And here is uh, someone's review of them. Real Chaser 74 posted on Poker Fraud Alert. <laughs> I played very early in their beta program. I won enough one week to claim a shirt, and then the next week won a hoodie. <laughs> I stopped, <laughs> I stopped <laughs> playing it after four weeks since the software was terabad, and there was zero traffic from the thousands of people that were beta testers. So I guess of the massive 2,000 players there, nobody wanted to play. I guess the the incentive to wear a hoodie wasn't enough. Perhaps that number was a bit inflated. <laughs> so, no, I actually believe they got two thousand people to download the software, but you can get two thousand people yeah. to sign up for something. So were any of them poker players? <laughs> yeah, you, well, you can get two thousand people to sign up for something, but then the ones that actively want to open the software and play it is is a much smaller percentage. That's what people don't, under, don't understand what a large player pool you need to have an active site because. Almost everybody that signs up is not going to be all that active. They may never even open the software again, especially here where it seems like uh, it was some sort of like win a T-shirt and hoodie thing. It wasn't even for real money. So <laughs> like who's going to be playing? So anyway, that's the story with Infinity Poker with with Jason Stern and apparently uh, Gavin Smith. And I see nothing that's groundbreaking about it at all. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I, I don't want to speak for them. We need to have a phone call here. To Michael, I don't know his last name. It's Michael, and we're going to have Mike, Michael. Is it Webb? I don't know. Let's see, Michael. Let's call him up, and uh, let's see. We're going to find out about this guaranteed two hundred seventy-three percent ROI. I don't. I don't. Um, if it's guaranteed, you're going to make that much. Why does he need us to invest? You would. You would think he would invest everything. Now, who's calling him? Is Jeff calling him, or no. is he receiving a call from a certain uh, attorney? Uh, not that either. It will be okay. someone. It will be someone who's been heard on the show before. Now, I don't know where Michael is. It's not a. It's not a West Coast area code, from what I can recognize. Hello. Uh, hello. Can I speak to Michael, please? <clears throat> Speaking. Yes, um, this is a Chico Loco. I I read on its um its website from Canada, um about the investment opportunity in in a uh, Infinity Poker. Um, is it to call you about this? Yeah, what can I do for you? Yes, um, I, I'm very interested in the uh the the two seventy three percent ROI in the thirty six month. Um, 
I, it sounds like a very good deal to me. Um, people tell me when I make my money to put it in a, a CD in a bank, but it is like a 1% ROI, and that's not very good. Hello? 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 What, what was that? I have no idea. Okay, we, we will ignore that and we move on with the conversation. So, uh, I see... Like, is, is this on your end? What is the, what's it with the buttons that are pressing here? It's not my end, man. I'm on, I'm on a cell phone. I'm on a cell phone, too. I hope, I hope they're not listening to our conversation. I, I won't have a problem with that. Okay, uh, let, me, let me go on and say... Uh, is a risk-free investment opportunity for 36-month ROI, I read here. So can you tell me about that? I'm sorry. Who am I speaking with? What's your name? Uh, my name is, is Juan Loco. They call me El Chico Loco. I'm well-known in the poker community in Los Angeles. I play at the Commerce Casino. Oh, yeah? How would you get my number? I, I see it on this ad. I see... Um, um, it says, uh, Infinity Poker is a seeking a strategic partner... Investor to join our team and take part in profit sharing, and is yeah. well, so. Yeah. I saw on the site uh, kgg.ca or something like that. Okay, yeah, we, we have we have some equity uh, available in the company. Uh, it, you know, it's a, it's an online poker business. Uh, we have uh, we have a number of people signed up already to participate in, in playing. Uh, the company is a software development company, but we have offshore subsidiary set up. Uh, it's it's basically the online poker business. You know, we are we're you know, I, in terms of the return on the investment, um, you know, we 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 the operational side of the business draws a percentage of every pot that's taken. Um, yeah, the rule of thumb in this business that for every one thousand cash players you have playing at your tables, the company's gonna make about five hundred seventy thousand dollars in revenues. Um, so yeah, so so look, the, the ROI projection is something that we we piece together based on industry data and the amount of players that we have registered to the site at this point. But and, uh, you're, you're saying it's risk free though. Do, do you know that the? How do you know that the people are really going to play like this, or you get that many players? He said risk free means it's no risk for me. Like when I go sit at the poker table, I know maybe I win, maybe I lose, but it's a risk. You know, even if I am a good player, it's a risk. Sometimes Chico Loco don't win. Sometimes the Iceman take all my money because he frees me. You know, so so how do I know this is a risk free opportunity, like you say in the ad? Yeah, well, it's not a risk free opportunity. There's nothing in this life that's risk free. But the reason why I put risk free is because for the right investor, um, I would have offered a six percent royalty to pay back the amount on the investment that they put in, in addition to the prorated dividend that they would be receiving. I see. And uh, so now, is this site going to be for the players in the U.S. or for players outside the U.S. or both? We will not be taking cash from any U.S. players. Okay, so this is going to be outside the U.S. site, and how is how is this going to be a different site than there are many many poker sites out there? How do I how is this going to be any different than uh, than a lock poker and a carbon poker and a poker star and full tilt and those other ones? We are uh, we are uh, we have some technology, a webcam uh, technology that allows people to see uh, interact with each other. Uh, it's a social media centric. Uh, design our, our platform. Um, we are utilizing Bitcoin as a as a as a payment processing option for all players. Huh. And uh, you know, so there's a there's, there's a few things that we're doing different than anybody else. Now you say it has a webcam option on there. So um, can is it people like they can have their cam is is on? You can see like them moving like on a live camera as they play poker with you. 
Yeah, it's fully interactive. So, so what? So what, let's say, let's say I am playing poker, and uh, and there is a guy at my table, and I give him bad beat, and then he pulls down his pants, and he, and you know he showed me thing I do not want to see. Uh, what do I do about that? Well, if the, there's a um, there's a report abuse option on each player's placard, and if there is a majority vote uh, from the table uh, for the amount of people on the table. Uh, then there's an intervene uh, our uh, customer service department, and they will remove that player. So it has to be do majority vote. So what if what if what is there's a, a guy he pulled down his pants, but uh, you know four of the seven people at the table are gay and they're happy about it, and they say, oh no, we want to see it again. And I say, no, 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 I don't want to see this. But they say, no, no majority rules. Like what do I do in that situation? I just I, I'm sorry for asking these questions. I just think about I I That's think about the danger. If you're at a table with a bunch of fags that want to look at the sausage while you're playing, then leave the table and try to join another one. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of straight people playing at the site. Okay, I, I hope so. I just, I just afraid. I, I always afraid of the majority rule because sometimes you know the public they do not know what is best for them, and I'm afraid if they make a decision of what I can see on my camera, I'm afraid it, it will uh, it will put me on tilt if I see a bad thing. But I guess if I am the owner of the site, I can make money that way, and I do not have to play, and I do not have to look at people who who. Uh, you know, pull down and uh, show me their the, the, the tamale if uh, if they lose the hand to me. So I guess there's not much concern. I just trying to think from the player's point of view. Um, uh, so sure. you, it says in your article here, it says uh, you're going to be in a in a Forbes magazine, but is upon launch. So you're saying that the the site will not be in Forbes until it is actually running. Is that true? Well, no. The guy, you know, I, I did an interview with Forbes a few months ago, and uh, you know, he he has all the the information for the article, and he wants me to keep him posted. And then, as we approach our launch date, he will run the article. Okay. Um, I got another question. I, I when I was talking about this with somebody at, at the Commerce Casino, uh, he told me that uh, that uh, Jason Stern is a part of this this project. And that get me a little bit mad because I play on a on a site that the Jason Stern is promote before called Grinders, except it's Grinders G R R R R. It's called Grinders. Have you heard of it before? Uh, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah Grinders dot com, and it to go down. And he actually owe me a World Series of Poker seat because I win it on there, and last year, and they do not give it to me. I show up, I go, I'm here for my seat, and they go, What? Get? We do not have a seat for you. And it turned out that they rip everyone off and they disappear. If you go to grinders.com with the three R's, you will see it is gone. And Jason Stern, he was the face of the site. And someone at Commerce Casino, I tell him, oh, man, I, I want the 273% ROI. It's much better than my poker income. You know, I, I, I say at poker, maybe I make 10% ROI at best. If you got 273%, that is good investment opportunity. But someone say you stay clear of you stay clear of it because of a uh, Jason Stern. If he is involved with grinders and he is involved with this, this is probably bad that grinders is. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, no, I know Jason Stern, and uh, he was not running the company. He was uh, hired on as a uh, as a site pro. Uh, he was not in any way involved in the management of that. I know that that company was fucked up in terms of management. Uh, they. The owner of the company, I can't recall his name, but uh, yeah, I heard the story that he had uh, set up a bunch of satellites for people to be going to Vegas, and uh, you know, I followed their uh, I followed their uh, their community blog there for a bit, and uh, yeah, people were pissed off at the the owner not Jason nothing to do with that. But but he is but he is still part of this site. Is that correct? What site? I, I was told that Jason is a part of of Infinity Poker now. 
I don't know. I, I talked to him about a possible uh, sponsorship deal at one point, and uh, we, we were talking back and forth. But, you know, because we haven't launched, we haven't really officially named anything at all. Okay, but but you, but you already have a Gavin Smith. He is on, on board. Is that is that correct? Yeah, Gavin's on board, yeah. Okay, and... Um, Okay, so Gavin Smith is is he's going to be part of this, and uh, you say oh, one other question I have for you. Uh, then I let uh, you go. Yeah, hang on a second. I got I got a couple of questions of my own here. Yeah, uh, go are ahead. You are you an accredited investor? Am I what? An accredited investor. Um, I do not know what the accredited investor means. I I have some credit if do you, you want. Personal, do you have a personal net value of over a million dollars? Interesting. No, two millions if you're married. You asking if if I have if if I have no, that, that, yeah yeah you need to you need to be an accredited investor which means you have to have a certain amount of assets personal assets in order because we have to we're going by the Alberta Securities Commission and uh, there's certain there's certain criteria that our investors have to meet because we didn't go public and we didn't offer a um, uh, a member a memorandum of offering or anything like that we're just uh, basically going with uh, friends and family and accredited investors. Okay, so when you were asking me if I have a million dollars uh, in assets, does this mean yeah, that this does this mean the assets I acquire through uh, um, legal means or just assets I can show I have? Because I have some I have some assets that I got in ways I probably do not want to say, but I can show I have them. No, it would have to be it would have to be uh, something something paper, you know, I mean something that could be. That would satisfy our law firm. Because I, I, well, I, I don't know if it's satisfied. I have some things that is the street value of a million dollars, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, yeah. so you're well, you're I, saying that in order to invest, that I need accredited investments of one million dollars. Is that sure. what you're saying? Yeah. Did you like my imitation of of uh, Doctor Evil? I've been tra- practicing that a long time. It's one of my favorite movie. That's pretty good. Yes. So I like the music. Yeah, no, I, I I get that already. I think maybe you laugh if I say that. Okay, so so I need I need a million dollar to uh to 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 invest in. No, you don't need a million dollar. You just need you just need to have you just need to have those. Uh, you, you need to have a net worth of that amount. Well, you know, like property and uh, cash and bank accounts and all. That. What 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 if I can show you a million dollar balance on full tilt? Is that good? No. Oh, okay. Um. I have to see about maybe if I can convert some of the assets I have to where it is something I can show in a method that you would find uh, you would find good. Uh, so, what what other questions do you have for me? That's the one. That's pretty much the one. Okay. So, what I will do is uh, I I will contact my uh, business manager or what what I kind of call him. And, and see what I can do with the, the assets I have that do definitely have a street value of $1 million, but I do not know I have to convert. But once I get convert, I give you a call back, and uh, we see if we can proceed with this. And uh, you, So in 36 months, I should have 273%. So to be clear, would I make 273%? So would I make $2.73 million, or would my $1 million just become $273 million? Or $2.73 million? Um, you know my difference is here. When when you make two two point seven three percent, then you actually have your original million plus the two point uh, two hundred seventy three percent, which gives you three seventy three million. Yeah. So you're saying that yeah. that is what I'm looking at here. If I do this, but uh, I need to be have uh, accredited assets, as you say. Okay. So I look into doing making my assets more accredited, 
and uh, I give you a call back when I get that done. Does that sound good? That sounds good. Okay, it's good. Okay, uh, bye-bye. Thank you for the information. No problem. Take care, Chico. <laughs> so, so Chico Loco is going to convert his uh, street value assets into assets that... Uh, yeah, I should I should have asked him uh, how much he was looking for. I, f- I forgot about that. I can't believe this guy actually sat there and uh, listened to the one million dollars thing. That was hilarious. He kept talking to you. I can't believe it. <laughs> I was sure I'm going to get hung up on when I played that. That was I. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh my god. And it was kind of funny too when you were sort of alluding to the fact that you had the money, but it was on the streets. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying he, to, like, he never really pushed for more information. Yeah, I was trying to say like he had like uh, drugs or something that had a street value of a million. <laughs> right. Oh my god. I, I like how he, yeah, I like how he had no problem with as, as long as as long as Chico there converts the money from the drug money into a real million dollars, it's okay. Like he has no problem going into business with him. Uh, that was a great call. <laughs> Good job. I like how he said that uh, you're, even though it's. It has a risk. He wrote risk free anyway. Yes. Yeah. Literally, he's like, oh, it's not risk free. It's not so, risk free. I just wrote. I just wrote that. In our ad. Yeah, I just wrote that. And when you rolled the R's of this, that was too funny. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I, I like being oh, able to tie God. in prank calls with with uh, our stories here, and uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like when he talked about a bunch of faggots too. <laughs> that was also good. That was a classic. A okay, keeper. so uh only on Poker Fraud Alert Radio we, we mix in uh real poker stories with uh real time prank calls that uh A little bit of lampoon about yeah. about the poker stories. <laughs> Anyway, if, I guess if anybody wants to invest in Infinity Poker, they they have all the information. I, I kind of did the most. If if he complains, I'm going to say, "Look, I did you a favor." I to our uh, thousands of listeners here, I, I publicized uh, your your site. And so many folks have posted in the past. Sounds legit. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what to say, but uh, he, you know. There, there's so many different sites here that are trying to uh, get funding like this. I just, uh, I, I wonder, it looks like nobody's funded them yet. I, I don't know for sure. It looks like nobody's funded, but uh, um, from the language of that ad, let me, let me read this again. It says, uh, what we require at this time is a cash infusion. So yeah, it sounds like that they, they have everything ready to go. They just don't have money. So... That's the hardest part. So, um, I wonder who developed this whole thing. I mean, someone actually wrote the software. It could have been this Michael guy. Someone wrote this software, and someone contacted these people like Gavin Smith and Jason Stern, and there actually even is an article about this thing in a, some kind of magazine called Poker Pro, which I haven't heard of before. Poker Pro Europe, actually. It says, the dawn of Infi- InfiniVision, glancing into Infinity Poker's new social network. What is Poker Pro Europe? I've never even heard of it. Like, it's it's a magazine I that it's, it's... It sounds like a magazine you should have heard of, but actually is nothing. Well, Poker Pro Europe has a UK site, 
Um, but you want me to look it up as a magazine? I mean, I, they did some kind of article on Infinity Poker, though. Maybe it was just his buddy who wrote this or something. Like, you never know with these articles in these poker magazines. A lot of times they're like puff pieces. But, uh, you know, I. Well, the funny thing here is, I don't even necessarily Your think. Ultimate that this, guide on how to be a poker pro. Yeah. Apparently. I, I don't necessarily think this Infinity Poker is a scam. I just think it's. Uh, it's not what they're portraying it to be of a rare investment opportunity and uh, uh, so groundbreaking and revolutionary. I mean, it looks like it's just typical online poker with webcams. And I think that's even well, been you tried can before. Meet up with the editor of the Poker Pro magazine at the WSOP. Apparently, he will be there. And that would be an interesting story for radio. You know, it would be really interesting is if um, I like, end up at a poker table with one of these people I prank called. <laughs> There's been a number of them. Like I, I've prank called a lot of people over the last year. Maybe. <laughs> what if they like, all end up at my table? Well, the question is, can you hold the Chico Loco character at the poker table <laughs> yeah. for more than an hour? <laughs> yeah, they'll say, "Hey, I, I heard you prank called me, pretended to be some Chico guy, and said he wanted to invest here and put me on the radio." I go, "Qué? Qué? No hablo español. No, no hablo inglés. Lo siento." Well, uh, yeah, I just think that this uh, Infinity thing there, uh, it's just another typical online poker site, and they're trying to get people to invest in it. And I just can't see where this is going to make money compared to any other poker network. And as you've probably seen, there's a lot of small poker networks out there, ones you've never heard of, that have, like, no players. The hardest part of getting an online poker site to work is getting people over there. That's really, really difficult to do. You might think it's not, but it's really, really hard to get people to join a new site. And the reason it's hard is, number one, to get people interested in the first place. But number two, and more importantly, you need action there for people to want to sit. If they go download your software and it's like zero, 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 put people playing, you're not going to sit around and wait for them to be like the first player. You're going to just close it. So and you're gonna go play but on. Isn't the legality of the U.S. also a major issue? Well, well, no, he's no, he's he's saying they're not gonna take any U.S. bets, so they're gonna be like a a non-U.S. poker room, which is fine. But there are so many of these networks, both U.S. friendly and non-U.S. friendly, that there's just so much competition out there. And I think really the only way to have a successful room is to have a lot of money behind it that you will spend on marketing and hope it catches on. But unfortunately, the greatest chance of what's going to occur is that you're just going to waste your money on the marketing and no one's going to come and the room will be a failure. And that's not, I'm not talking about this infinity poker. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about any online poker room that you start. It's, it's just very hard, especially now that the market is already established with huge players like poker stars and full tilt. Uh, at least in the U.S., at least U.S.-facing poker rooms, there's not all that much good competition. You know, you have the Merge Network, you have Bovada, you have Locks Revolution Network, and that's pretty much it. And all of those have their flaws. Uh, but how do you compete with a site like PokerStars or Full Tilt right now? Uh, they have the stability, they have the player base, they have the good software. They have the Canadians as well? Yeah. So... Yeah. I mean, that's that's a really tough market to be part of right now, the non-U.S. market. I can see why 
if the guy wants to set foot in the U.S., why he doesn't want to accept U.S. players. I mean, I, I can at least respect that, that he's not trying to break the law here, but uh, I, I just don't see in this opportunity where it's going to be any different just because you have webcams up. I, I like the majority vote thing, too. Like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I, I think that actually would let a lot of people get away with, with shit there because a lot of people just either won't want to report or won't care. Well, I thought it was hilarious that you used as an example of your misgivings that somebody might, you know, reveal their penis. <laughs> well, that, that, yeah, I, that's the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of a site where people are on webcam. Like, like go to uh, Chat Roulette. Like, like, just about every guy you find at Chat Roulette's got his pants down. <laughs> oh my God, I've not, I did not know that. <laughs> Have you ever been on Chat Roulette? No, like but I, I went there. I went there once because people talked about it. I wanted to see what it was, and I swear, like you, like it, first of all, it's mostly kids there. It's mostly like teenagers, which made me feel like really weird. Like I was, like I was a, I was a pedo there, like looking at uh, either just kids sitting there or kids showing me their penis. But then, like, <laughs> then like you, you scroll there through. There might be the, a few posters on our site that might be interested in that. Yeah, so you you scroll th- <laughs> through, like you keep clicking next whenever you see someone you don't want to talk to or don't want to see. And then you always get like either some kids just kind of sitting there or just some dude kind of, kind of like sitting there staring to space or occasionally some like teenage girls that are trying to show off, uh, but rarely one who ever shows anything like any nudity. But if you do want to see male nudity, you're in luck because like half the people you get to there are dudes who just have the camera focused right on their junk and they're, and they're spanking the monkey they're right on camera for you. Oh my god! And like, there's a ton of that. I can't there. believe these sites exist. But why not mix that with poker, Jeff? Right? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a market for that. <laughs> I bet that would totally happen if you have a site with webcams. I bet that would totally happen that guys would like, uh, you know, jerk <laughs> off on cam and 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 moon the camera and do what got you know who knows whatever else put up on there. So um, I always thought that was unlike a, a like on poker stars or other places where you submit an avatar. That's like a stationary thing, and it has to be approved by the site before it gets through. So there's no way really to put something up there that shouldn't be there. But on the webcam, it's live, so you can do whatever you want. I think it could just be, like, massively abused. But even putting that aside, I, just don't, I don't see that as something enough of a draw to bring everyone over there. I just don't think it's uh, – I think it's, like, moderately interesting, but not like, oh, we've got to go over there and play on the webcam site. So. It's a bit of a deterrent for a real poker player, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and, uh, and people also may not want to really show themselves on camera playing poker because they may be afraid it's going to give away tells. And they're saying, you know, maybe... Absolutely. They may I mean, say, the whole point of playing online is that you can add your tell. Yeah, so they may say, screw this, I'm just going to block my own camera and hope other people show themselves so I can see their tells. So like even if or put the camera on their feet or something or, yeah yeah so I I don't know. I just don't see the it's something that sounds good in theory but I think in practice just uh, doesn't really do very much and I think is not going to bring a massive crowd of people there anyway and the fact that the beta testers have pretty much not been around according to Real Chaser seventy four is not a good sign but whatever we'll see where it goes but I heard there was a possibility you were going to call Ken tonight. You know, I, I wish I could call Ken, but he has no phone. Ken has to call me. So he he would call in, but uh, now is he, has he been in touch with you in the past month? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He called me last week and told me about okay. his, he told me about his first week at Coachella. And uh, 
he enjoyed it. He said it was actually, you know, musically the his favorite one. And that he was in the front row every time, like he always is. He has like this magical ability to be in the front in every single concert at Coachella. And <laughs> but he went back this maybe week. Maybe nobody wants to be near him because of the lack of washing. Of yeah, hair maybe he smells so bad, like everyone moves out of the way, and then just <laughs> like he blazes the path, like like Moses parting the Red Sea. Maybe oh, it's, maybe it's yeah, like that. I can see that. So, <laughs> so maybe it's that, or I, I don't know. But somehow he gets in the front all the time, and he goes both weekends. So he sees certain bands the first weekend, certain bands the second weekend, and. I am especially interested to hear about what happened the second weekend because he was with a girl there. But uh, it doesn't sound like we'll hear from him tonight. But uh, by the way, you know, I'm in a secret location today. I'm not going to say where I am, but I'm not in the usual spot where I do this broadcast from. So I'm always in a secret location, but I'm in a different one right now than usual. And I'm glad the Internet has held up here. Uh, anybody wants to call in, 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355, and... Yeah. Are you in the state of California? No, I'm not. You are not. That's all I'll okay. say. That's the are only you thing. in the state of Nevada? I, I can't say any more. I might even be on, ah. top, I, I might even be on top of Mount Charleston. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Quiet. Quiet them down. There, much better. Wow. Okay. They didn't sound happy at all. Okay, so... uh, there was a question in the chat room much earlier this evening, and I don't know if you want to respond to this or not, but um, Own Matuso was asking totally serious question. He claims, has Jeff ever promised a girl he wouldn't blow in her mouth, but then did? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never done that. In fact, you know, I, I don't ever oh, pull things. such a gentleman. I, I don't. I don't ever pull things like that. When you know, when I'm doing anything with a girl, I, I, they always know generally what to expect. I, I, I I'm at least no that respectful. No false promises. Yeah, no false promises, and uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm. I always want to stick to what the girl really would want me to do, and if there's something. So, that if they, you sense that she might want it, would you ever say, "I'm going to blow in your mouth"? Um, you know, I I have done it before without warning. It's going to happen. But I assume that um, I'll give some kind of indication it's about to happen, that something's going to occur. I don't say, can I blow in your mouth right now? It's like I, I give some kind of <laughs> indication that it, it's about to finish here, and whatever she wants to do at that point is what she does. That's that's the way I've handled it. So it's it. not decided uh, up front what she will do at the, at the moment of impact? No, no. I, I don't like having these discussions. Like, it's, it just kills the mood. Yeah, it kills the mood when you discuss exactly what you're going to do and what's acceptable and what's not. You, just, <laughs> you know, it just kind of happens. And you, you, I have had it before where the girl does not want me to blow in her mouth and, and then, you know, moves me out there at the last <laughs> second. That's fine. That's fine. You know, if that's what she wants. But, uh um, but no, I've never made that promise and then done it. So that's a good question, Owen Mattisal. But <laughs> you now have your answer. People learn a little bit more about me each time. Yeah, you're you're just a gentleman, and, and I think everyone knows that now. So. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> well, what about the old uh, promise 
I promise not to come in your mouth, the checks in the mail, that sort of thing. <laughs> well, I probably wouldn't trust uh, the people who run WSEX. <laughs> right. If they tell you they're not going to come in your mouth, don't believe them. Yeah. They'll probably come in your mouth and, and blame it on uh, Alan Stanford. <laughs> okay, so anybody else Who's have questions? this in my mouth? <laughs> anybody else have questions in the chat room? Uh, or 775-FRAUD-55, or the Mount Charleston number, 702-430-1808, 702-430-1808. I have a question in the chat room. What's your safe word? You know, I don't have any safe word. I, I don't believe in safe words. I think I think you could do without a safe word. It's referring to like well, a Well, if you're doing something a little bit uh, semi-violent, then you might need one. You know, I always felt you can kind of just feel it out and you can tell if somebody is really into it or if they're legitimately concerned to where they want you to stop. At least I've always been able to. I've never had a problem where a safe word would be necessary. But you're not into S&M or any of that sort of thing. I'm not like a hardcore S&M person. I mean, I've, I've, I've done some things like that. But never like. And has a girl ever asked you to give it to her rough? Yes. But you don't really go rough, rough, like to the point where you could actually physically harm her. Uh, no, no, I, I haven't like physically harmed anybody ever. So I, I guess that's why. And no I, desire to do so. No, I, I wouldn't want to do like real physical harm. Like I, I think it'd be exciting to make it appear like I might, but but not actually do it. What about a rape fantasy? Has anybody ever asked you to fulfill something like that? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of girls seem to have that. Really? Yeah, a lot more than you think. Oh, interesting. No, I think it is fairly common. So a girl has actually asked you to sort of act out a rape fantasy, but not really hurt her. Yeah. I've had that several times, actually. Did you come like busting into her house in the middle of the night and and play no, out? No, no, they no, they haven't had it where like I jump out of nowhere or break in their house or anything. Just, like if I'm already there and it kind of like <laughs> st- kind of like starts there. It's kind of like you know like when you're in a dream, the dream just like starts somewhere and there's not really a backstory and how you got there. It's kind of like that. Right, right. So you don't have to really put on an outfit and and play a role or anything. No, no. I mean, there's a uh, so I mean something like that. There's there's variations, of course, but a, a lot more girls want that than a lot of people would think. And uh, you know, something... I, I do believe that it's it's much more common, and it's probably because you know in our society a woman is considered a slut if she's uh, desirous of sex. So it's much easier, and perhaps plays into a girl's fantasies to have no power at all over the situation. Yeah, that's a lot of them like that. You know, someone just said in the chat, uh, Crypt said, I, dr- "I bet Jeff likes the cuckold role." I, I'm sure he's just saying that. To, <laughs> I'm sure he's just saying that to troll me. Said that? Uh, some guy named Crypt. I think he's mad because like he PM'd me and I told him to, he 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 PM'd me in the chat room and I told him to PM me on the site like I can't answer him during the show something about the free roll but um, uh, the truth is here anything involving another dude doesn't turn me on at all like anything at all is like, there a I, guy I, in the room and he was just off to the side watching would that bother you yes I I don't want any guys around I don't want to hear guys nothing about guys when I'm having sex otherwise it kills it for me. It's- 
It, it, it ruins it. You can't get it out. I mean, it, it totally destroys it. It, it really ruins it. I, I don't want to think of guys. I don't want, like, guys anywhere. I don't want to hear stories about guys. Nothing. Like, I, I really don't like thinking about guys at all during sex because it's just a turn off. Now, there's only one thing worse than that, and that's, like, hearing or thinking about kids. That's even worse. I don't mean, like, in a sexual way. Like, I, like if, if I'm having sex and I hear, like, <laughs> I hear, like, kids, like, playing outside, it's absolutely awful. Or hear kids in, like, another right. part of the so house. So, a like, single mom is, is, uh, Come on over, Jeff. I want you to do me, but she's got her kids there. That's, that's well, then I have to wait till the kids go to sleep. Like, you know, they, I, I cannot hear kids, even if they don't hear me. I, I just can't hear them. It just absolutely destroys it. And I, I guess that proves I'm not a pedophile. But uh, the, the kids is the absolute well, worst, if, worst thing to hear. What if she was like supermodel hot, but one of the kids was up and playing in the other room? Would that be okay? As long as I couldn't hear the kid. If I could hear the kid, I, I just couldn't continue. I just, I, I, I can't listen to kids or think about kids. If I'm doing anything sexual, and same, and same with guys, but but not quite as bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. The idea of a child being witness to the act is a big turnoff. Or even if they can't hear it, even if I know for sure they can't hear me or know what's going on, just like the thought of kids, I just can't have kids on my mind at all. If uh, if I'm having sex or doing anything sexual at all, it just totally kills it for me. So, so that's like. What if you know that the woman is very promiscuous and she brags about it openly? Is that a turn on? No, it's not a turn on. Um, it, yeah, it's it's something I would prefer not to be the case. And I, and I definitely so, wouldn't want to hear stories like I like I don't want to hear stories about women sleeping with other guys. I I know that right. I know I'm not necessarily going to be with a virgin. In fact, I'm probably not. But. I'm think like I don't want to hear about it. I just want to. I I know it happened, but I don't really want to think about it or hear about it. Okay, I got a call coming in. I think it's from Bad Guy. Let's let's go ahead and. Put it <laughs> okay, here. yes. Been typical uh, end, end of the show call, call from Bad Guy here. Hello. What's up? You know, you know, is Hello? this? Oh, this isn't Bad Guy. Yeah, it's Bad Guy. Oh, it's Bad Guy. He didn't sound like you. Listen, um, I I see in the chat from Beebs, and this really hurts me. I honestly hoped I would never know this much about a 40-year-old sex life. It's oh, come on. Beeps. 40 is the new 25. Jeez. <laughs> this is the problem when I have these youngsters listen to this show. They go, oh, my God, ew, a 40-year-old talking about having sex. <laughs> ew, old, disgusting penis. He was like, oh, my God, that's so gross. You know, when he, when he was my age, I wasn't even born yet. Beeps <laughs> was born in 1992, man. I know. I mean, that's crazy. I know. In 92, oh I was God. 20. I, I was, getting old, Jeff. Yeah, I was actually getting close to being done with college in '92. So, yes, I'm. Yeah, yes, I'm. I, I am old. What's going on, man? What's going on tonight? Let's go. Where's Drexel? Uh, Drexel. Yeah, yeah. And can you call him? Because a lot of people are saying, "Why don't you give him a cold call?" Uh, yeah, I don't want. Out. You know, I don't want to blindside him onto the show. When he said, "I can't go on because I'm having a lot of personal issues tonight," I don't want to blindside him with his first appearance on radio in months, where he's going to feel right. forced to be entertaining or whatever. Like I just. I, I don't want to do that. See, and, and Beeb just said regarding the sex of a forty-year-old, it's not gross. I just don't want the details. <laughs> so, she kind of has the same attitude, like about me hearing about <laughs> girls having sex with other guys. It's okay. I know it happens. I just don't want to hear the details. Well, so, that guy, how old are you? Thirty-six. Okay. Well, Beeb, is that okay? Can we hear about his sex life? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what, what is the cutoff? Like, that's a good question. I, I wonder what, what 
what age is okay for Beavs to think about having sex to where it doesn't get grossed over? It's probably like 30 is probably the cutoff. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, I'm thinking like 29 is the maximum. You know what I found? She sells dil- well, she sells dildos, so I mean, she, I mean, I mean, that's kind of weird. You know what I found? I, I found- oh, what's weird about that? <laughs> I, I've never met anybody that sold dildos. Well, no, look. I, I, well, somebody's got to sell them. What I noticed when I was 29 years old, I noticed that that was like the perfect age for a guy to be as far as getting laid because the girls all the way down to like 18 are still happy to be with you because you don't seem that old yet. Once you hit 30, you already start but to hit that territory. Hit 30, it's over, yeah. And, and, but then the women older than you... start getting all the older women. But, yeah, but then the older women... The, when you're 29, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, 29, that's not that bad. Like, even the ones that aren't cougars, they're like, they don't see 29 as like a baby. Like, when you're 21, the women who are like 35 are going to look and go, ah, you know, this guy's like almost like my son. I can't do it. But, like, when you're 29. Yeah, but you're, you're also, when you're younger, it's, uh, you have, I mean, shit starts going south after 30, man, for everybody, for all guys. I don't give a fuck who you are, how good a shape you're in, or I don't, I mean, well, it depends. It, it does depend on the guy. Some guys don't hit their stride till they hit 30. Well, I, well, for me, I know it's all. I mean, it's so <laughs> yeah, bad, I guy's mean, speaking for himself. I don't do what I used to do, but it, it, it goes south. And, it, and it's just not, I mean, I don't know. I used to be a little freak back when I was younger. But uh, I don't know. I think after 30, man, it just starts going, you know. And I was in good shape until well, I was 33. You, you live but, a hard life, though, bad guy. <laughs> I don't do any drugs or anything. I, 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 bad guy doesn't do drugs or anything. I don't smoke or anything. I mean, I drink. Yeah, yeah and, and he does. He works out and eat healthy and all that. And he lives in a residential neighborhood, so that should keep him young, too. And I'm in a residential neighborhood at all times. <laughs> Why do you guys make fun of that? I mean, what, what, what's so funny about it? I mean, isn't that what they call neighborhoods, residential? I don't understand why it was so funny that night. It was just funny. It was, I'm like outside, you... it was three in the fucking morning. I'm outside yelling at uh, Chino Reen, and I'm saying, I'm going to wake up these neighbors. I'm no, in a you, residential neighborhood. You, you, you said, guys, I, you said I can't be yelling like this. This is a residential neighborhood. <laughs> why, well, well, that, well I, I mean, that's what it was. I don't understand why that was the wrong thing to say. <laughs> I think he's just I trying to know. let us know that he doesn't live in the ghetto. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say, man. I'm not, like, in, like, the projects. I'm, like, in, you know, this place is pretty nice. I'm going to wake up this poor old lady next door and, uh, you know, whoever else. That's you know, I'm at, right? you know, there's actually... There's the, bad actually guy, you know, the bad guy always gets made fun of, man. Listen, I want to tell you something. There, actually, mean, there actually is an increasing <laughs> number of younger women these days. I'm talking about ones, like, in their early 20s that are willing to date guys... Who are around forty? There actually are a lot more now than there used to be, and a lot of it is because they see the guys their age as being like immature and terrible, and they just can't stand them. And they're like, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll be with an older guy. You know, might might look a little bit older, but uh, he's a lot more mature, a lot uh, more pleasant to be around, and, and I can respect him a lot more. And there's a lot of girls like that, but there are still, I guess, some like Beebs who uh, see that as gross. I think she's saying in the chat. Well, Beebs is still young as hell, man. What is well, she, 21? Well, well she's, saying, she's 20, but she's saying in the chat, or maybe she's 21 now, I don't know. Uh, but she's saying in the chat that the oldest she's been with was 23. So she definitely has not been with the older set yet. Go ahead, Becca. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was just, go ahead. I, don't have well, I was just curious you. because, I mean, you know, they say that guys get better at sex as they get older, so I just wonder if the men that she's been with, all 23 and under, have been any good. Well, I think, yeah, well, some of the problem is, uh, number one, it's easier to last longer when you're older, and number two, uh, I think 
when guys get older, they, they care more about uh, doing a better job in bed than when they're young. They both know what to do and also kind of care more about uh, putting more effort into it. I always was one to believe that they have more experience. I think that gets better the different. more times you do it with the same, like the same partner. I mean, you know, the first time is always going to be a little bit fucked up. And then, you know, if you do it more than one or two times, then it gets better. That's what I believe. Really? I, I always find you don't like believe the first, that? No, I always find like the first week is the best, then it goes downhill. Not me, man. I mean, that's not me. I mean, I think you're well. I think you last longer when you're younger, man. I'm opposite than you, Josh. Really? You no, no, I mean, that, this is common. Maybe I just want to get this shit over with, man, because I'm starting to run out of breath. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, this is actually very common that guys say that as they get older, they can last longer, to where they, they the premature ejaculation problem goes down and down and down as you get older, typically, to where it eventually disappears, and then you can like, completely control everything. Well, and not only that, but the older a guy gets, the more chance there is that he's actually run into some woman who has actually taught him how to do it. Because let's face it, guys don't know what the fuck they're doing in the in the early years. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's some. What did you guys lose your virginities, man? How old were you? Oh, what was that? How old were you guys when you lost your virginity? I waited a long time. I I was twenty one. Wow, I, I wouldn't have. Wow, I would not have guessed that. Yeah, isn't that bizarre? I wanted to initially wait till I was going to get married, and then I realized that that was foolish, but um, I ended up with a guy that I was madly in love with, but he was a jerk, um, and that could have happened many years earlier. So I probably waited too long. Wow. I, I was 17 when it happened. 1989 was the year. I was 13. Oh. 13? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 13. 13 oh years old, man. That's capital old. I she was 13, too, was man. She? I mean, oh, she wow. was the same age. That's what I just said, man. It was fucking a disaster. You know, but, I was... Uh, what, I, when I, was, I, now you can't, I can't even think about that time. Wouldn't that be, like, uh, perverted if you thought it was... No, but she, no, she was 13, too, so it's not well, perverted. if she was 13, yeah. too, it's not that perverted. Yeah, it's not. I, well, I went out with her for two years after that. I mean, I, I dated her until I was, like, 15, but, I mean, it just fucking... That's when I lost my virginity. Uh, the truth. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we were having sex. We would have we would have sex anywhere, man. I mean, like freaking, we get we we go to movies and get going to the uh, like handicapped bathroom where the bars are and shit, man. I mean, we were fucking crazy in our school hallways. I mean, it was nuts. Well, you know, uh, a lot of this has to do with when you develop, and you know, everybody develops at a different age. And uh, I was actually a late bloomer, so when I was thirteen, uh, it wasn't very likely that girls were going to find me sexually appealing. I just was. Uh, I I still look like a kid. And uh, so it, it depends. I, were you like an early bloomer bad guy? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess. I mean, I, I think I looked older when I was younger. I mean, for sure. But you know, I would say probably. I mean, not. I mean, I don't know. I mean, she was definitely. You know, she looked older than she was than thirteen. I mean, like all the older guys like there and all that stuff. I mean, she was very developed and stuff. So I mean, it was it was a good time. Yeah, I mean, like but I nowadays have... these kids are all having sex at twelve, thirteen, man. I mean, like you gotta watch now. I mean, my daughter's fucking gonna be twelve years old, man. I mean, you gotta watch nowadays. Well, you know, I, I had the I desire. Mean, my, my, my... I had the desire to have sex at thirteen, but it wasn't gonna happen. But uh, again, a lot of it has to do with uh, how you develop, and uh, you know, I don't have to worry about Benjamin doing it at thirteen. I don't think because uh, not only was I a late bloomer, but uh, so was his mother. So, and, and that tends to yeah, be hereditary. I was a very late bloomer, too, but I think it has something to do with parenting as well and access. 
Well, no, I'm talking about physically, though, too. Like I, just yeah, I was brought up good, man. I mean, I told my mom the condom broke. I was all scared. I'll never forget that, Dad. So I said it was a disaster, man. I was like, oh, man, the condom broke. Wait, 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 wait. So you were a 13-year-old I mean, telling crazy, your mom? Man. Hold on. You were a 13-year-old telling your mom the condom broke? I had to. I was scared, man. Oh, I didn't geez. know what the fuck it was. I mean, I was young, you know. I did. I told yeah. my mom. I mean, I had a, my, my mom brought me up great. I mean, I was brought up well. And I, I mean, I told my mom. I did. I mean, <laughs> well, at least you used to call I was getting called all kind of names and stuff, and she was yelling at me. saying, what the hell are you doing? And this was my, it was, dude, the one time I got caught having sex with her in the back of my mom's convertible when my sister <laughs> was cheerleading, and we were having sex. My mom fucking caught us, man, because we went into the car and we were having sex. Oh, jeez. That happened too, man. When I was young, I mean, we were, I mean, I was, I was a bad guy, I guess, when I was young too. Well, you know, it, you know, what? it's hard sometimes <laughs> when you're a kid. It is hard to find places to have sex because you, you yeah, don't, well, <laughs> you don't want to do it in your parents' house, and then you you can try to do it in a car. Uh, my gonna... cousin made a fortune off me driving to make. The, the, she lived like ten minutes away, not even driving like five minutes. Ten, ten minutes, you had to walk. Three minutes, you had to drive. I, I would pay him twenty, thirty bucks. When her parents would go out to go get laid, man, it was like, and he would take the money too. He made a fucking fortune off me. But where did he drive My you cousin, to, man? Where did he drive you to? He would drop me off. He would drop me off at her house, and then you'd come back and pick me up. Oh, but but what like, are, you know, in an hour, so her parents would be gone. Like, oh, they'd they would be go gone. out I for the night, like go bowling or some shit, and then I, he would I drop you me off at the house. And the one meant... time they came home, man, and I had a couple of my friends with me. That was a good story. The guy came out. My one buddy was hiding in, like, one of them little, like, playhouses. The dad kicked it off. We were running all around this housing plan, dude, trying to hide from the dad. My cousin came. This is before cell phones and shit, so we don't have any cell phone, nothing. And we're hiding from the dad everywhere. He's going, we're ducking down. Four in the morning, man, we finally got to my one buddy's house, man, and we're able to use the phone, dude. We were running for, like, five hours that night. I'll never forget it, man. And then the dad... Knew I was there, and then had to call my mom, and then I had to have him. And this dude was a big motherfucker, dude. They called him Mooney. This guy would fuck <laughs> someone up. He lifted weights and everything. I was scared to death of this guy. He would have fucking killed me. And, you know, it came out. He was cool, man. I mean, I met him. He said, you never do that again, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and I didn't do it again. And now that's all fucked up, and I'm fucked up. So, you know, what happens when you have sex in your first thing. Listen what happened to me here. What happened to me, um, I once had a girl tell me to, uh, like, climb through her window and spend the night with her there and i said you know what about your parents she's like well you know it's only my dad she's her i guess her mom uh you know she lived with her dad there no mom was in the picture but uh she i said what about your dad like he's home isn't he and she said yeah i said well <laughs> isn't he gonna <laughs> isn't he gonna find me here she, she said no he never comes in my room we have an understanding he just doesn't come into my room you know invade my privacy um as long as you don't make noise he won't know you're here I think, oh, okay, so so we actually had sex in her house while her dad was there, and he was sleeping, and I, I kept as quiet as I could, and he didn't wake up from that, but she was wrong in the morning as I'm, like, sleeping in her bed, he freaking walks in the room, and I was so scared, oh, I was so scared God. that he walked in and sees me in his bed with his daughter, and um, what did he do? He told her, get out here right now, he just ignored me, thankfully talked to her and she came back in and I was sure she was going to say like get the fuck out she said well 
He says you can stay here and, and sleep until uh, like you know you want to wake up. Just uh, <laughs> really, but 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 I, I have to sleep. In, but but I have to sleep in another room. So I, I've got to leave the room now. But uh, you can stay here and, and you can leave when you want. I'm like, wow, <laughs> I can't believe that. I wonder if she lied to him and told him nothing happened. I, I don't know, but uh, I'm sure she probably did. But uh, he, he did let me sleep there, and I slept there like four more hours, and I left. I don't remember if I left through the window though. <laughs> I had that one. One time, a little bit after that time, when the dad caught us in the house, she had an aunt that she babysit for, and the aunt was younger. She's probably like, you know, 21, 22, and we were only 13. So she was babysitting, and she had a kid, and that's what babysit, and she was in like a little apartment building. And the aunt was cool as hell and would let me come over there and babysit with her and wouldn't tell the mom or dad. So the one day I'm there, I'll never forget, it was daytime out, and the buzzer rang. So you have, you have, but there's only one way out of this motherfucker. It's like, to the buzzer, and she's like, it's my mom, because you can look out the window and see. So I ran the back of the aunt to where the aunt's, and this is a small apartment. It has, like, two bedrooms and, a, you know, a living room and a kitchen and a couple bathrooms. So, I, and the bed, I just go next to the bed, and I just go by, and I try to get under the bed, but you couldn't get under the bed because it, like, had a thing. Like, it, it wasn't a bed you could get under. So my fucking feet are hanging out, and the mom's in there talking to her, blah, 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 and she walks into the fucking back room, dude. I came this close to just getting up and saying, I'm fucking busted. I mean, I almost just didn't want out, but I just stood there, and the lady never fucking seen me, man. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was to the point where I was just going to say, I'm here. I mean, I'm, I'm busted again, but she never seen me, man. And I, I could imagine what you were feeling when the guy came in. I would have been like, holy, I would have just ran. Well, I had nowhere I to go. Like, out the window. No, I had nowhere to go. Like it was a small window, but it taken some time to get out. So I just decided. <laughs> I just decided I'm just going to lay there and like just like keep calm and hopefully he'll st- stay calm. And I guess it worked. Uh, man, being young, brother, being young. Yeah, I'm still doing the same shit. I'm 36. <laughs> I hope. I hope not with 13 year olds though. <laughs> no, no 13 year olds. I'm just. I'm hiding now. No, I know. No, I, I, I guess it's a good thing about. Wanted me to call, man. I don't have nothing much to say, so okay. I just. Good show tonight. It's good to hear Viles on the show, man. Drop as always does a good job. Thanks for playing that song in the beginning. I never thought I'd get too loud through on the beginning of a PSA radio yeah. broadcast, but it, I managed to do it. Yeah, you got it. And I appreciate you playing it, brother. And you guys take care. And I, I look forward, God willing, to talk to all y'all next week. Okay, thank you. All right. Thank take you care, guys. Bye-bye. The Bye. bad guy has become like a regular uh, end of the show call. Yeah. Just, about, just about every show we get him at the end, and uh, the audience has has really grown to love him. Even some of his critics, they they look He's forward to the bad popular. guy. Look forward to the end of the show. Bad guy calls, and uh, you know the, the one problem with the chat room. Even though I love having the chat room, the one problem with it is that it makes people not want to call because they feel like if they want to communicate something to the show, they just type it in the chat room. And yeah, and then they don't have to worry about sounding like, yeah. stupid on the radio because a lot of people actually don't like calling into the radio because they're afraid if they say something stupid or kind of hesitate or whatever, they don't think they sound good, then it's stuck there forever and people judge them forever and it's a recording of them that can never be erased. So they just type things in the chat instead. But that's fine. Whatever way people would like to communicate with the show, I'm always happy to have the live listeners, even though I'm aware that the majority, the vast majority of the listeners here listen through the archives, and uh, I can appreciate now, that. Now, I do have a question for you, Jack. I've noticed that both you and uh, Jack Hill both say archives, and I have always been taught that archives is the correct pronunciation. It is. Is there 
is you know, very uh, is archived just sort of like a an in in joke. It's an inside joke. It was on Donkdown Radio when some guy called in and said something like, uh, "So when is this show going to be in the archives?" <laughs> and he didn't understand that, that it's actually said archives. Okay. So it was someone who really hadn't heard that word before, and and just said it the way it, <laughs> that he read it. And so we just kept repeating back to him about the archives. <laughs> That's why we. Uh, okay. I still have people making fun I, of me for that, though. They think I don't know how to say it. <laughs> but yeah, that's a story about the arch. In fact, if you go to the radio page on Poker Fraud Alert, yeah. which most of you are probably on right now listening, and you'll see it says R C H in capitals I V E S, and that's the reason we have it that way. So, and I, I get these shows up pretty quickly, <laughs> yeah. by the way. I, I usually, unless I have to edit something, and I, I usually only edit things when I have to put parts of the show together when the when the show crashes and I've got to combine the parts from the crash. But when there's been no crash like tonight, then I can usually get the thing up very quickly. And uh, then it's just a matter of how quickly it gets picked up by iTunes and Stitcher. And that could be anywhere from like 20 minutes to several hours, but that's just depends upon the speed of their systems. But uh, I try to get this up pretty quickly so people can listen as soon as possible, and especially so it's up for people who want to listen in the morning. And, you know, there's people who go to work on the East Coast, and, you know, they get there 8 in the morning Eastern time, 5 in the morning Pacific, and they like to have this show. And there's people who have counted on this show to get them through the day. Yeah. So, well, that's uh, no. sweet. How many would you say actually listen on the archives? Archives, uh, that, but aren't able to listen live. What, what oh, that's a, a, a very high percentage actually listen in the archives. I, it, it always surprises me, but it's true. <laughs> that's really the way people listen to the show for the most part, and uh, and the people who primarily listen in the archives. We we have a few of the regulars that just can't, you know, can't make it during the time the show is on because it's too late for them or whatever. But uh, a lot of the people who listen in the archives are ones who don't post on the forum, who just lurk or who don't even read the forum. And uh, would you say there's like 50 of them or no, 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 way, way, way more. No, we, we get like, really? uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, we, we have usually, yeah, like, like a a thousand or so. What? Yeah. How do you get those numbers? I, I see the, uh, I can look at the Stitcher stats and the iTunes download stats and other things like that, and that's where I get the numbers. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. And, and 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 I now I don't want to call in. <laughs> no, and 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 I I realize we get these these numbers, uh, and in fact, on the highly publicized shows, we get more than that. But um, you know, the typical show that's around what we get, and and the reason I know we get uh, numbers like that is they're, they're really. There's always people that come out of the woodwork. Like I, I talk about some subject, and there's some new person that comes out of the woodwork so frequently that emails me like, "Yeah, I, I heard you talk about this on the radio, and you know, this is what I think of like, and this is my experience with it." Like, there's always some new person I've never heard of before that just pops up, and you can't have that happening so often without a, a mass number of people listening. And and people I have all the time approach me at the World Series who I've never heard of before that l- listen to the show, and I say, "Who are you on the forum?" And the answer is almost always. I'm not. I just listen. So, uh, wow. Uh, here, I'm going to listen. I'm going to read uh, an email from someone. I won't say who it is unless he wants to identify himself. He's posted somewhat on our forum, but not a regular. Said, "Hi, Todd. On the last radio show, you mentioned you liked hearing what sort of things the podcast audience are doing when they listen. 
Well, I'm a traditional British milkman. I listen to the show really? on my iPhone while making doorstep in the early hours of the morning. <laughs> so uh, this is—I didn't even know they have milkmen still in, in Britain. I don't think we have them in the U.S. anymore. But uh, this is actually a, a traditional milkman, a guy who brings milk to British people in the morning uh, as he's dropping off that milk in front of Colonel Faberchamp's home. He, uh, <laughs> he he has this on through iTunes listening, and uh, there really is such a wide variety of listeners we have from That's all walks of awesome. from all walks of life, from uh, you know all age groups. Though I'd say the most common age group we have is uh, thirty five to fifty five. It was actually older than and I probably expected. Late, and probably male. And male, of course, yes. It's, it's almost all male. Yeah. There are a few females. In fact, I, I don't know if we still have her. We had a an old woman that listened regularly. That was like 70 or something. But, uh, yeah. but uh, Did she die? I, I hope not. <laughs> she seemed like a nice woman in the, I hope not. In the emails that she <laughs> sent to me. And, uh, um, and I know we have some other uh, female listeners that don't really present themselves usually. And, uh, and, and I ha- actually a number of poker pros that are fairly well-known listen to the show. You mean besides the ICAM? Besides who? <laughs> I didn't hear the joke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was making a bad joke. I okay. said besides the Iceman. <laughs> the Iceman. Now, the Iceman doesn't listen unless <laughs> we call him, but uh, we. But there are people who approach me, like as I mentioned before, uh, last year when I was playing deep in the 5K, the heartbreaking 5K limit event where I lost four straight hands to Bubble, Right. Uh, Matt Glantz, who was sitting next to me, told me that he listened to the show regularly. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. And uh, so I, it's always surprising to hear who listens. And I appreciate all the people that listen, even if they never make themselves known. But I always like hearing from new people who listen to the show and hearing their stories. And I, I'm always glad that people want to listen to the show and that people find it entertaining and, and they. They find it informative. And that's what I, I'm trying to do here with this show, is to make it a combination of a show where you can listen to it and actually get useful information about the poker world and the gambling world and also be entertained with uh, things like the, the prank call and the sound effects and the, and, the bad, and the bad guy calls and all the other stuff to where it's a, a combination of, a, of an informative show and an entertaining show. Uh, of course, always... More entertaining when we have a, a good co-host on the air like Vowles, who actually stuck with me the whole time, and uh, I appreciate that. It's a pleasant surprise that you've kind of come back out. And yeah, and I, you know, I do miss doing radio, but unfortunately, life does get in the way. But speaking of having a good co-host, do you predict that Drexel's actually coming back, or it sounds like you have your doubts? Well, uh, it's not really having my doubts. Uh, the longer it takes for him to return, of course, the higher chances that he doesn't come back or doesn't come back for a long time. Um, when I talked to him two weeks ago, he seemed very committed to returning today, and, and it was only it was only, t- <laughs> it was only today when I found out that he wouldn't return, and he didn't say, "Oh, forget the whole thing." He said. I'll try to come back next week, but he, he didn't say, I promise to come back next week. He said, I'll try to. And, you know, uh, if he does, great, and I'll be very happy, and I know the audience will be very happy. And, and Should if he we be worried that something is uh, seriously wrong in his life? I don't think, like, he's on the verge of death or like anything. Like, devastatingly but, wrong? No, I, I doubt it's that. Uh, I think he's going through some 
stressful situations of various sorts. Uh, nothing that's uh, catastrophic to my knowledge, but just things that can be difficult to deal with, whatever. I, I don't even have the specific details this time, but uh, that's, that's what I would imagine here. And uh, The way he's described it to me is that he has a hard time when things are not going well or things are stressful or the day's been really lousy to come on to radio and be funny and be entertaining and all that's on his mind is how crappy the day was, how crappy a certain current situation is, and it's hard for him to get his mind off that and just put on a happy face and do the radio. And uh, mm-hmm. so he wants to really feel up to it, he says, when he does it. And if if he doesn't, mm-hmm. then he doesn't want to do it. And that's what I think was going on today. And But that could be a, a detrimental situation if you're looking for somebody to depend on weekly. It is, and, that's, and that was something I knew I was risking when we got involved with the radio together and uh but I knew the positives he was bringing to the radio uh True. that way then I knew that eventually this might occur and if it does you know I'm not going to hold it against him and we'll have to just uh move on and uh do the best without him and uh you know since he's not I would be pissed off if this was like a, a business venture together where we were trying to make money from it and he committed to it and then and then he flaked out. But this is something he's doing voluntarily as a hobby. True. And and so he he shouldn't feel like this is an absolute commitment in his life that uh, he has to force himself to do, like going to work. Because it isn't. And if if something isn't fun that you're doing as a hobby, you shouldn't do it. I always say that to people when, when they talk about uh, some hobby they have that stresses them out or they don't like or uh, causing such and such problems for them. And I say, well, if it's not fun, don't do it. It's not like going to work where you can't just decide to quit working and then you don't have any money. You know, the, If it's something that you're just voluntarily mm-hmm. doing uh, because it's supposed to be fun, if it stops being fun, stop doing it. It's that simple. And that's that's actually what Brandon... Well, I suppose, but if you've made a commitment to do something and people are depending on you, that, that does add a different uh, dimension. Yeah, I know, and that's why he feels bad about it, but at the same time, like he says, you know, this, it's still a hobby, and he, uh, uh, if there's other pressing things in his life, he that, that's why he doesn't uh, come out sometimes. And You know, a lot of times I've come out on the radio here, it's, it's just a different personality type. I've come out before when, when I've felt unhappy about something not not about the show or with any of the hosts but just stuff in my own life and you couldn't tell and sometimes I'll actually look at the archives the, the list of the, of the shows and I'll see a certain date and I go I remember how I was feeling on that date I, yeah, I, I was really unhappy and then I'll go turn on the, the mark of a true professional and then I'll, know, then I'll turn on the show and I, and I can't week after week and yeah, and I, you know the show must go on I'll turn on the show and I can't tell listening to myself how I was really feeling and right, uh, right. Uh, there are some weeks like that, and you can't tell. I, I used to, even when I p- played high-limit online poker all the time, which I don't anymore, uh, I would have some awful days sometimes on the days of the radio show, especially on Doc Down Radio, and you couldn't tell. You couldn't tell if I was coming on uh, right after winning a ton of money, losing a ton of the money, or, or not playing. It would it would all sound the same. I, I, would, I just put it aside and uh, pretend for those few hours that everything's the same. But uh, now, if I had some major, was major tragedy, serious, I couldn't do it. Was Seriously Serious a good co-host? What? Was Seriously Serious a good co-host? Oh, yeah, yeah, he was very good. Everyone liked having him on the show. And, uh, yeah, he he was a very popular substitute host. And uh, he's he's welcome to come back anytime, too. And yeah, the co-hosts, uh, they all enjoy, were enjoyed. Uh, everybody liked China Maniac and, and, and Seriously Serious. So... 
they they both added a lot to the show, and uh, you know I will have to find something to do about the co-host matter if Brandon doesn't come back. And of course, you know if you can find the time, you're always welcome to come on. You know whether Brandon comes back or not. Of course, we all started together, and uh, that was a very popular show when it was the three of us. But uh, you know, whenever you'd like to come on, you're welcome to. It's a pleasant surprise you wanted to tonight. So uh, thank you for that. And uh, you know, I think we're gonna say goodbye for this this week. So thank you very much for having me on, and thanks to everyone in the chat room. Um, sorry I didn't get a chance to answer everyone's questions. We'll try it again another day. Yeah, and uh, as I said, whenever you'd like to come back. Just tell me. Even just at the last minute, that's fine. That's what we do everything on the show. I'd like to thank okay. all, all the people in the chat room, all the people who listen to the show regularly, whether live or not so live. Bad Guy 23 for doing his usual end of the show call-in. And, uh, and for everybody for tolerating the co-host drama and questions surrounding that. But I, I think we have a good core of listeners here, and uh, I always try to make this show as good as possible with whatever I have to offer it. So we will be back next week, final day in April, April 30th, 7 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Once again, a free roll again. Thank you to all our contributors. PokerFraudAlert.com has given away more money in our free rolls than any poker podcast or radio broadcast in the world you won't find any of them that have given away this much money in the last year as we have here and all the money's come from our user base not even from the site so that says a lot for our user base and everyone has fun with that every week here usually we have around 50 bucks sometimes more last week we had 100 very generous group of people here and I think that's great so I'm sure next week we'll have more scams, more scandals more crazy stuff in the poker world to talk about, more fail sites trying to get off the ground and more weird stories like a poker pro who gets extorted for money with pictures of his penis these are the type of things that happen in our community and I'm here to tell you about all of them Todd Dandruff will tell us here completing another week of Poker Fraud Alert Radio I'll keep coming out here every week I have no plans to stop, no matter who's with me and who's not. Good night, and shalom. <laughs>